Hello everybody and welcome to the final episode for season two of Spill Your Beans. We made it. Hallelujah. Yay. Okay, there's just absolutely silence other than me there. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. We did it. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Hear the sound of Woo. me and my audience. Today we are back with a panel review, the third ever panel review we've done on here, and I'm joined by two very wonderful guests. I'm joined by Josh Carr, fellow podcaster. Hello, people. And, and Owen likes comics, who I assume likes comics and does YouTube. They are two things that I'm known to have at least done once. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, it's quite appropriate today, because what we're discussing... Um, in sort of build-up to the brand new Spider-Man film, which is obviously bringing together all parts of the Spider-Verse in cinema, I thought it would be very appropriate to do a Spider-Man panel review today, talking about all of the Spider-Man films, bar Venom, because <laughs> I really couldn't be asked to talk about that one, yeah. or two. Sorry to, the three, sorry to the three people that want to hear me talk about Venom, let there be carnage. I forgot to see it. I I, yeah, I still it haven't either. seen it. Yeah, so um, there we go. Venom, what, I'm what, sure Venom, it's though. a film. I like Venom. Uh, Venom? If we're going to include Venom, it'll be at the bottom place. So we can just sort of very briefly say that. It'll be the bottom that. place, but I love it. Okay, Josh, in a word, Easy. Venom. Venom. <laughs> Owen? <laughs> Venom. Thank you. And I'll, Are we I'll... just going to start doing the, the Eminem song from the first movie? <laughs> Venom! <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Venom. Didn't he, didn't, he, didn't he do another version for Venom 2 when he like referenced 9 11 or something? Carnage. Didn't he do that? Something, something along those lines. But there was some yeah. like controversy around it, and I listened to it and I thought, oh, this is shit. Um, anyway, yeah, so <laughs> if you're. This <laughs> is a total mess already. <laughs> if you're not. <laughs> If you're not familiar with the panel review format here on Spill Your Beans, basically what we do is we've all got a list from worst to best of these films, and we're going to go through one by one, and when we've all mentioned the same film at least once, well, the once, then we will discuss that film and review it and argue about how shit and or good it might be. So, because there's probably eight films to get through here, so we'll just jump right into it with eighth place. Josh, what is your eighth place Spider-Man film? Um, I want to, I want to pretext this by saying yeah. I've yeah. just rewatched all of these yeah. from the very beginning. Same. That's not an excuse. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make a bold claim that I don't think there is an unenjoyable Spider-Man film. I would agree. Here. If we're not so, including Venom, I'd agree. Yeah. I, I feel, what about, what have we got against Venom, man? <laughs> It's, it's not a good movie. It's not no, it's not. It's terrible. <laughs> no, it's but, really fun, enjoy it. but it's not good. <laughs> Very fun. Um, Academy Award nominee so, Riz Ahmed. So I, I... Yeah. Oh, God. Um, I had fun with all of these. The one I had the least fun with is The Amazing Spider-Man 1. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Owen, what's yeah. your eighth place? Okay, let's get the controversial picks out of the way. Let's get the things that will get the the Spider-Man stands on Twitter venomously attacking me, no pun intended. <laughs> My eighth yeah. place is Spider-Man 2. The Spider-Man 2 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man films. <laughs> Spider-Man oh, oh, you know, I think a little bit of poo came out there. I didn't like that. 
Should we go honest? I was that really put me on edge. I mean, I feel like that's all actually undermined the hot take of you putting Far From Home. Yeah, actually, that's softened the blow exactly. a little bit. It's still a hot take. I thought if I go with something more controversial to start by proxy, that will seem a bit less yeah. controversial. Okay. Fair enough. That's a good one. For me, um, mine is Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's a very normy opinion, but I genuinely, yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to it, I suppose. But obviously none of us have mentioned the same film there, so we're going to move straight on to seventh place. Owen. My seventh place is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Ooh. Okay. Josh, come on. Well, my seventh place is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. Well, just for the record, my seventh place is Spider-Man 3. Um, So I'm going to put that in there, and then we'll talk about Amazing Spider-Man 2. So I I personally had only seen this once years ago. I watched it on a tablet and then for the first ever time watching it on like TV. How recently. all great films should be watched. Yeah, that's yes. how that's Cinema. how yeah. Martin Scorsese <laughs> would be so proud. Martin Scorsese intended it that way. I, I was going to say that, but then I thought maybe that's implying that Martin Scorsese made Amazing Spider-Man 2, in which case I'd love to see that cut. Um, this film is, it is a bit odd, but like I didn't hate it, weirdly. Yeah, no. so... This is the one I kind of had the least, um, I'd watched the least recently. Um, so I went back and watched it last <clears> night, partly inspired <throat> by wanting to do this and partly because uh, my friend Griffin, who runs the channel Film Speak, recently uh, put out a video essay, um, how it's the perfect Spider-Man film. And, Ooh. you know, film is subjective and, and all that good stuff. And I love Griffin. But part of me was like, I, I, surely I'm missing something here. So anyway, so I, I fired up Netflix and I watched Amazing Spider-Man 2 last night. I probably haven't seen it since I saw it in the cinemas in was it like twenty fourteen. It came out, yeah, mm, something like that. Um, 20, yeah, and yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way you do, George. It's like I feel like there's quite a good movie within the Amazing Spider-Man two, mm. but the final product of the movie is kind of a fascinating mess. Yeah, like um, I, I, I kind of got like the first, like the opening of the film and like the last half an hour of the film. Like I really loved. Genuinely. And yeah. stuff like the suit and the CGI is consistently pretty good, especially with Electro, who I don't know the design of, but, like, that the use of CGI in that, especially when, mm-hmm. like, watching them in a bit of a marathon, you go, wow, like, compared to the older Spider-Man films, this just looks incredible. Yeah. That was kind of one of my takeaways. Like, from a technical standpoint, in regards to things like costuming and cinematography, music, I, I really like the score from Amazing Spider-Man 2, the CGI, all the technical stuff is really really great i i think it's my favorite spider-man costume it's one of my favorite scores i think the the third act fight sequence is so well put together mm, um, definitely. and there's a lot of really good performances in the film i think mm. for me personally we'll, we'll probably get into it as we go along but actually in the suit being spider-man i don't think anyone's nailed what i'd expect spider-man to be more than what andrew garfield I was would, in this yeah. movie i think his relationship with gwen stacy is one of the best kind of dynamics in any superhero film from like a, a romance perspective hmm. and yeah there's there's sally field's performances aunt may is tremendous um and there is a lot of really good stuff in this movie but then there's also jamie fox's electro everything dane dehan done as harry osborne <laughs> and yeah. just a lot of really strange strange decisions yeah definitely uh, where, where do you stand on it josh um, I don't think I could agree more with what you both said there. Um, yeah, I sort of feel like, like Owen said, like I think there is. I think half of this film is 
I think it's just a, a film of extremes. I think half mm. of this film is some of the best Spider-Man stuff that I've seen on screen, and half of it is just some of the worst as well. Mm. Um, like, again, I think I agree with a whole um, Spider-Man's characterization. I think is absolutely spot on, mm. and I think Gwen Definitely. Stacy is great. I just think everything around it just sort of drags it down but now think uh, the more i think about because this is this is probably the one that i struggled with placing the most at one point i had this as high as fifth mm. and then i had it bottom and then i had mm. it sixth and then i sort of settled at seventh and i haven't mm. moved it around since but this is i think it's really tight at the bottom for like it's fine margins but yeah, yeah. I, I, I did i did enjoy it i really enjoyed watching it um, and obviously it's 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 the one I I haven't got it bottom, um, but yeah I just I I don't know yeah I completely agree with everything with everything you guys have said to be honest. It's it's one of those ones for me where it's like because I watched Amazing Spider Man and Amazing Spider Man two kind of back to back. I'd only ever seen them once in the past. You know um, I grew up with the original Maguire Spider Man films and you know I loved them, but the Garfield ones I'd only ever watched once and never really returned to. Um, now for me, and obviously we'll talk about Amazing Spider-Man in itself, but for me, the original Amazing Spider-Man has a lot going for it in terms of story, but in terms of like aesthetic and visuals and characterization, I feel like it lost a few things. Um, whereas I feel like this film got a lot of the characterization spot on. As Owen said, I think for for me, the definitive version of Spider-Man is weirdly the the one in the PS4 game. That's the one I'm like that is Spider-Man, mm. and if anyone can get that close to that that's excellent for me and an amazing spider-man 2 the thing that surprised me the most going in expecting this to be dog shit was andrew garfield and i think he was absolutely stunning in this because i didn't i didn't hate him in amazing spider-man 1 but i didn't really i didn't get it too much with this the costume the aesthetic the the joking around like he just becomes spider-man when he puts that yeah. suit on and i absolutely adore yeah. it i was well, gonna I ask think... go on yeah i was gonna ask josh because i know you've put, you've put this above the original Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and me and Owen haven't. I would like to just sort of work that out. Because for me, they were very similar, but it was very difficult. I kind of just had to do... What was the deciding yeah. factor for you, do you think? The deciding factor was... Well, well, I think it was the characterization. to be honest. I think in... And I think you, you get this in, in Spider-Man, the original, and then you get in Amazing Spider-Man... You sort of you have to have this sort of snarky Peter Parker for a while. You have to mm. get have this. So and I get why they do that, and I get why they did it. I just don't vibe with it as much. And then I turn this on, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm in. I'm in mm. now. Um, also, I mean, we'll get onto this more when we talk about um, Amazing Spider-Man. But I, I just I think Amazing Spider-Man Two, I think it, it just tries to do some some different things with the character i love mm -hmm. all of the stuff I, I love the whole through line of of spider-man inspiring hope and i think it nails new york as well i think it's the most new yorky feeling maybe not as much as the Raimi ones i don't know but i just think they nail the they nail that hope the stuff with the kid is just some of some of the i think they're my favorite spider-man scenes Mm. or maybe ever but they're in probably one of the worst films so, so when you look yeah, like you disagreed I, there with that i was 
Yeah. You know, you the only thing I was going to yeah. say is, the only kind of point of contention I have, though, is Josh saying it's the most New York. Like, you remember the, the bridge scene from the first Spider-Man movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that the, the whole, like... I, yeah, I have to agree with Owen on this one. with all of us. Yeah. Okay. That is, like, the first Spider-Man movie. I think, I think movie, it nails New York. Like, I think I think no, it, it does. It does. It does, but I think I think the Raimi films. I think the one thing the Raimi okay. films, and we'll get onto it. But the one thing I will say about the Raimi films is they had all those random people they definitely just interviewed on the yeah. street and asked them to react to yeah. something, and they're like, "I don't, I don't know. It's just a guy. I'm just doing my job. <laughs> it's just some guy." I, that that's like that's to me. That's New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like but I do with, agree with especially you. the first movie, uh, the first of the Raimi trilogy, because it it was like one of the big film set in new york that was kind of released post 9 11 it really has like it's so imbued with the spirit of that city to the point where mm. like you know the the bridge sequence in the third act specifically but just in general i'd argue like it's up there with things like ghostbusters as like the one of the great mm. home alone is like one of the great new york films mm. uh, the first yeah. movie but yeah to be honest I, I agree to an extent i think the amazing spider-man movies do kind of make new york a big part of make it almost a character in that film i agree yeah. that i feel like we're veering into talking about the first movie now but the scene yeah. with the kid on the bridge in the first movie might be my favorite live action spider-man scene yeah it's just to me like that is in like a five minute sequence everything that that character represents yeah and i like it's it's placement in that movie of like you said earlier in that film kind of andrew spider-man is more of like an angry snarky you know he's kind of a dick he's not a really likable mm. guy and it's that and it's seeing the kind of hope that Spider-Man brings and seeing it manifested in that child is kind of what makes him develop more into the, the character we know and we mm. see in the second movie. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, my, my sort of deciding factor, before we move on, my, my sort of deciding factor um, between the placement of these two films, because they were very close for very different reasons, the deciding factor for me is, um, like, similar to Batman, is that for Spider-Man films for me are really focused on the quality of the villain and Amazing Spider-Man 2 I don't think delivered that as much Electro as much as I like the aesthetic I think the character and even the performance and just the effects they use with it and just the, the motivations just were so uh, and then obviously you know this Green Goblin and what the fuck they did with Rhino like what what even you know it just I know that the whole thing about Amazing Spider-Man 2 is, oh, it's over-cramped. For me, it's not that. It's not about them being over-cramped because, you know, Spider-Man 3 did that. And, of course, that's my seventh place pick. But at least with that, you still had some development of the characters in there. You still felt like they had mm. their own motivations in some way, shape, or form. With Amazing Spider-Man 2, even with the main villain, Electro, I think it just it hops too much. But with Amazing Spider-Man 1, for me, Lizard was the huge factor where I was like, this is actually miles better than I was expecting. Right. Yeah. I, Look, I, I can't vote down a movie with a villain that wants to turn everyone into human lizards. <laughs> yeah. Simple as that. Okay. Okay. Gonna, maybe, uh, maybe bringing up motivations was a bad point there. I think it's a big gonna, laser into the sky to, um, and wants to turn people into lizards. That oh, is yeah, quality it's a, entertainment. It's a mad yeah. plan. It's def- I, th- I think I'm going to have to come in with a bit of a, bit of a hot take. I, I think I'm an electropologist. Um, Cause I, what do I, what the stands of electro call themselves? Electricians. I, electricians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I um, I quite liked him. I, I mean, Green Goblin, eh, uh, Rhino. Eh, um, Fuck. But I mean, the the performances. 
I think I can't. I don't know why I like it. If I'm honest with you, because um, I'm trying to think of a word to describe Jamie Foxx's performance, and you know, post turning into electro, I can only think of the word dull. But I, I, I just think like you said, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like. I've never known someone. I've never known someone get less lively after getting electrocuted. <laughs> exactly. I mean, well, I, they, 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 it also makes him cool, which is a bit weird. <laughs> Also makes him have you seen nerd. the green have you seen the green mile Owen? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that's a reference and half. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't really know how it, it, it makes him like it gives him a it gives him a haircut too and mm. it gives him it a nice cool teeth as well. Yeah, so a cool fade and and a dentist. Um but I I d I dunno, I just I quite I quite vibed with it. I, I quite liked it. See, I, I, I we'll get onto the onto the lizard, I, but I'm excited to see him in No Way Home. Not as much. I'm excited yeah. to see him in No Way Home only because I I think for a lot of it for me is the design. I can't I can't lie. Um, mm. I think his theme was interesting in terms of the music and stuff. They did a lot with that, incorporating like a weird kind of dubstepy, very hit bass heavy thing. Yeah. Whether it be with the music or the sound effects of like when he's shooting electricity and stuff, that was interesting to me. Um. And I, again, I am excited to see him in No Way Home because I think a lot of it for me is the design. I don't like the fact that he's like all blue and stuff, and it's like a black slim mm. suit. I love the, you know, the look in, in in No Way Home. It's a lot more basic, but I I'm excited to see how they do that and whether they explain that or, you know, whatever. Um, I'm a fan of it. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's one of those things, Amazing Spider-Man 2, where it's it's notoriously shat on, and although it is absolutely at the bottom of my list in 8th place, I do want to point out that it's actually not that bad. Yeah, it's really, no, a, I, I don't think it, I don't think it deserves the hate that it gets. Not a it chance. It really doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's actually a solid film in a lot of areas. It might have a lot, like, taking away from it, but what I will say is the characterization of Spider-Man, particularly, um, and that Gwen Stacy death sequence, we haven't even touched upon that, is one of the best bits in any Spider-Man film for me. It's so moving, the music, the visuals of it, the way, you know, in the clock tower, the way it builds up, that suspense, that, that, everything builds perfectly. And because of your history with Spider-Man films, this is the fifth live-action Spider-Man people have had in the the last few years. You're expecting him to catch her and everything be alright. And I love the fact that it isn't. And even mm, still, yeah. I can't deny that no matter how exhausted I was with this absolute mess of a film by the like hour and a half mark, I'm sat there edge of my seat. You know, like is it? There's certain moments in film and TV that make you rewatch it, and and you sort of you're sort of willing it to change. Like ah, that's not going to happen. They're going to yeah. do it. They're gonna, and it, it's never going to change. But when it when a film creates that sort of resonance with an audience member, I think it's it does a, it does a good job, and that can't be taken away from it. That scene mm. is brilliant. Yeah, I th- one I, I do just have one last point that I want to make on the mm, film as well. Mm. Um, I do not care about Peter Parker's parents. Oh yeah, I do. I could yeah. not care less. This is, is also something that goes for the Amazing Spider-Man as well. Yeah, I just don't care, and I think it takes away from Spider-Man as a character. I'm not a co- I'm I'm quite a casual fan. Mm. I'm not someone who's read all of the comics, but what I know about Peter Parker is mm. that he's not Spider-Man because his dad was this big special scientist man. That's it. 
exactly. Yeah. Well, there's, there's um, a famous there's a famous Stan Lee quote where he talks about this, and he says about how it wasn't designed this way. But he, the thing he loves the most about Spider Man is that like it can be anyone under the mask. Nothing's showing. Yeah. It doesn't matter what race you are. Doesn't matter what age you are. Like anyone could relate to being Spider Man. The fact that he's this everyman. He's this sort of working class everyman kind of character. Mm. That's the point of this guy. And the fact that it was like, oh, the only reason him being bitten by a spider worked was because his dad had his DNA. And yeah. it, I was like, no, no. The yeah, one thing that, that, yeah. that, that Spider-Man is supposed that to be, is it could be anyone of... under the mask. And it could be this, this sort of like, he's supposed to be this everyman. By doing that, it's like, this. he's now special. He's now got special. He's like, you know, mm. I don't really like that as much. Yeah. That is kind of my biggest problem with Amazing Spider-Man 2 above all else. Like, there's a lot of little issues I have that I can kind of let slide. I think... I actually quite like Dane DeHaan's performance when he's Harry Osborn. Not so much when he's Green Goblin. I don't know. Though there is the scene where he, where he invites uh, Spider-Man and he's like, I need you of blood. I, I love that scene. <laughs> it's, it's like the great... It has my favourite line in cinema ever, which is when Peter Man... Peter Man is like, Peter I can't Man. give you my blood. Peter Man. Pe- Peter Man. Famous, famous uh, individual. Uh, Harry turns to him and says, your blood can't make me die more, which is, mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. um, just, the thing is, he, but, he's just, I think he's unbearable. And I don't believe for a single second that scrawny little man can beat up and incapacitate two guards of a fucking prison facility. <laughs> not a chance, not a chance. So how, you know, yeah. he just, I don't know what it is, but it's just not, when I look at that's just not Harry Osborn. He he's just too, comes out of nowhere as well. Like, he's too, where yeah, were you? Yeah, he's just a what total retcon, isn't it? Yeah, baffling. I do think as well, the whole Peter Parker parents thing, though, um, the only bit of that that I did like, and probably one of the best scenes in the film, was the one scene that got cut from the film, which yep. is yep. absolutely yep. 100%. infuriating. Love, incredible scene. Love a it. beautiful scene where Peter's dad comes back, and it's like... What, oh, why did you cut that? That made yeah, that everything is... in that film pointless. And now you've, you've never completed the trilogy. And now it doesn't work because we never find out what the hell was going on. And yeah. it was a lovely little bookend. It, it's, like, it it's, doesn't it's like, tie I will, everything up I will say, when I was watching it and being familiar with that scene, every time I've watched that scene as a clip, I've been like, wow, I can't believe they cut this. This is, this is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of performance, in terms of acting, everything about that is brilliant. But when I, I will say, when I watched the film and it got to that scene in the graveyard, I'm like, they couldn't have put that in there. It just would have felt as good as the actual scene is. Might be a bit of a hot mm. take. As fantastic as the scene is, in terms of fitting it into the film seamlessly, after the emotional resonance of Gwen's death and stuff and how that impacts him as Spider-Man and that ending where he comes back, I feel like it's a very, you know, it's a kind of, it's a very strange thing to add in there as much as i love the scene in itself i don't know i don't know mm. odd one it's a difficult yeah. one maybe I, my kind of <clears throat> issue with the whole the use of peter's parents in this trilogy is just as someone that is a, a relatively well-read spider-man comic reader mm. peter's parents have never been interesting and any time they've tried to make them interesting it's never worked mm. in the original comics they were like covert shield science uh, like secret agents for shield and in the ultimate books they were scientists who created the the venom symbiote and they kind of like try and mash the two stories together in this movie and it's like the whole idea of like richard parker putting his own dna in the spider and kind of 
inadvertently making the whole idea of Spider-Man as a character based around like destiny and lineage. Mm. It's like the kind of thing J.J. Abrams would do if he was making Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. And I really don't like that. Yeah. It was very... Like I said, it really takes away from like the everyman nature of the character and the idea that like, like I said, Peter Parker, any other day it could have been any other kid. And that's the thing I like. If about he showed it. up 30 seconds later, it could have been literally just some other rando. But that's like that, Peter yeah. isn't special until he becomes Spider-Man. Mm. And when you kind of remove that, I think it, it does damage that characterization, which is so unfortunate because in every other facet of Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, I think they nail it in this film. Mm, absolutely. I couldn't mm. agree more. It's one of those really odd things that they just kind of threw in there, which I think they probably did because they wanted to do something different to the Raimi trilogy. But I think yeah. it's, you know, in a, in a sense, ironically, the one thing that actually failed them, because it's the one part of both of these films that is consistently just dull. I actually like yeah. the way they shot the opening scene with the plane. I thought that was pretty good. But as you say, there's nothing interesting in Peter's parents. And yeah. making Spider-Man, you know, making him more special, as this, like, oh, it was always meant to be destiny kind of thing, really takes away from it. And, I, and I, again, as you say, Peter should be the everyman, you know, um, mm. and not not having that really just sort of sort of drags it. But yeah, no, I think we've talked about this film enough. Um, so we will move on to um, the next place, which is sixth place. Um, yeah, so I think we've kind of talked all we can about that film. Um, I think we've kind of summed it up in the best sort of way possible touch on the key points so i think we'll move swiftly on to our sixth place entry so i'm going to start with josh what is your sixth place on this list um oh this feels low but i'm gonna say it um it's spider-man oh okay 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 uh owen what's your sixth place i will take your spider-man and raise you one the amazing spider-man Interesting. Um, I'm going to go with Owen on this and also say The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. So we've now, I believe, all mentioned that film. We have, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of just a bit unremarkable, isn't it? Yeah. I think yeah, it's it's one of those it's things. It's kind of like it's like the yeah. one that's just there. The yeah. unremarkable Spider-Man. <laughs> the unremarkable Spider-Man. I love that. Um yeah. it's like it's weird because I feel like this and the Amazing Spider-Man Two have the opposite problems. Like I think the basic story of Amazing Spider-Man One is really solid. Um, like it has a good villain. The main characters are all really well written. Um, but it's just kind of it's like all the best parts about it, other than the fact that like Mark Webb directs it, like it's a teen drama, which I think is a great way to approach making a Spider-Man mm. movie. All the really memorable parts of it kind of feel like retreads of the Raimi films to me. Mm, mm, in a lot of ways, like Reese Evans' Lizard, despite the fact I like him, kind of feels very reminiscent of Alfred Molina's Doc Ark. Um, I, I love Martin Sheen's kind of portrayal of Uncle Ben, but again, it, it kind of just feels like they're trying to like step mm. over and avoid redoing the same things from the Raimi films. Yeah. And then the stuff that they change... I don't feel like they change for the better. Like the mm. film has a lot of like a grittier aesthetic, which kind of doesn't feel like Spider-Man to me. I'm not a big fan of the costume in this movie. No, it's by far. I think probably it's kind my of least like favorite Spider-Man costume. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. It's like it, the end result is just a movie that's just kind of fine, I guess. 
Like it, it it's has, inoffensive, yeah. but it's it's it kind has, of unremarkable. It has some great bits in it, and it has some good ideas in there. And I think Andrew Garfield is still a good Spider Man. Um, yeah. Whether and I don't really like his portrayal of Peter Parker in this, but I think that's more down to writing and characterization than it is He's to the so performance. Cool, He's too cool. You know, like remember when why, he did why, the slam dunk with the basketball? But does he does he wear? Am I right? Am I right in saying this? But does he wear glasses before and after he gets bitten by a spider? Because it's one of the big uh, things. Wait, he definitely doesn't and does wear it beforehand. Whereas the one thing yeah. about the Raimi films that I liked is that he did look kind of. And I'm saying this with with three lads, <laughs> three lads in a court all wearing Be glasses. Be careful. Bear Be that careful, in mind. <laughs> um, but the one thing is, he did kind of look a bit like a nerd. And then he got bitten, and then he like you know like his eyesight was cured and he was like buff and huge and with this i didn't really sense that much of a physical change to his character like to his character which was one big thing for me it was like other than him diving about and like twitching like a crackhead half the film like like i can't really tell that he's being bitten by a spider here like and i don't like it's not very peter parkery for me where it's like oh he's investigating something and he's just went into like Oscorp or whatever it is, or you know, to to investigate it, and, and he's snuck into a secret room that his father did. I'm like, I don't know. It's just that doesn't feel very Peter Parker to me. Yeah, he feels a bit too cool, kind of a bit too like, clever. It's a good sequence, but it's a sequence that I would see after he's already become Spider Man, after he's already got that that confidence, that weight. You know what I mean? It kind of like that scene is like particular where he gets bit, and kind of summarizes that entire movie to me, where it's like. The retreading the same beats as the Raimi movie, but needlessly overcomplicating mm. how they do it. Mm. Yeah, it's like, I I think the biggest problem with this movie is the fact that like immediately after the Raimi trilogy, they went and did another Spider-Man origin story. Yeah, when yes. there's only so many ways you can tell the Spider-Man origin story, it's pretty basic. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. I think with this film is is it has it does have a lot going for it. I, I like the I'd, I'd like what it tries to do, but you are right, it does retread a lot of familiar ground. Um, yeah, I think um, it again. I I have my own sort of things. As I say, I really like the villain, despite the motivation side of things. Um, but I do like the villain in this. I think, lizard, like I said, I'll root for anyone that wants to turn me into a lizard. <laughs> I just, I just, I think there's something about it. Like I never like. I think I hated the idea of lizard so much when I first watched it when I was younger. That when I came to rewatching it, I was like, okay, it's not that bad. I actually, and I'm a fan of the lizard as a character. One bit of Spider-Man like nostalgia for me like growing up was this really obscure but this like plug and play joystick spider-man game that i had on the tv and there's a level in that which you're in the sewers with the lizard and it is the scariest shit honestly like when i was a kid terrifying having the lizard sort of jump up on you and like the music was really creepy and eerie and i had a lot of memory for that the one thing i really wanted with this that we didn't get i suppose is i was really hoping the lizard would be have this sort of scary, more horror-focused angle than the other Spider-Man villains to really sort of set him apart from what we already know from the Raimi films. Um, we got some sewer stuff, we got some creepy stuff, but again, the one thing I did like in terms of motivation is, you know, why he becomes the lizard. And, you know, it's just that experimenting and that fantastic shot, of course, of um, Dr. Connors with the with the glass and you can sort of see both of his hands in the, in the glass. And that's beautiful and it's so... Yeah, well done. Um, but it feels like an idea they wanted to, clearly wanted to try in the Raimi films, but never really got round to doing. Yeah, I mean, I because I, I like now is really my time to justify why I put yeah. Amazing Spider-Man Two above this. Um, 
it's because I think you've touched on it already. I've seen all of this before, mm. and this is just the same stuff that we saw in Spider Man, just not done as well. And the only real, like, fresh idea within it is the stuff with Peter Parker's parents, which I've already said I don't really like. So if the only really original thing in the film is something that I don't really like and the rest of it is just retreads on things that I've seen done better, um, it just it just doesn't really hit home for me. And I, I'm not the biggest fan of... Of the lizards as a villain, I just think again it's. I, it, I I'm just not. I just don't find myself mm. interested. I was I wasn't really I will, interested while I was watching it. I will say, like this this film has a lot of really good moments. We talked about the bridge mm. sequence earlier with the kid, which I think is like. Yeah, best it sums up Spider Man to a T. Yeah. Um, although it's very kind of Raimi esque, the crane sequence in the third act I like mm. a lot. Love that, yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I I think like just like with the second one, Peter and Gwen's dynamic is that is like the one area I think it beats out the Raimi trilogy mm, for me. Definitely is the yeah. kind of it's the yeah. romance and like the believability that these are a, a real kind of teenage couple. Yeah, um, but I don't, again, it's one of those things with the characterization of Peter Parker that I believe that they already fancied each other before he became Spider Man, which was never the case with the mm. Raimi films. Yeah. Is that this there is supposed yeah, to be true. that transformation? You know what I mean? Like. He's always fancied her, but when he starts to be cool and when he starts to be Spider-Man and has this sort of confident air around him, he can't and he has to make that decision. But it sort of it sort of melds into one in this, and I do and I do like it. But then again, there are certain elements of this film that I absolutely hate. I I like a lot of what it tries to do, and I think for me, a lot of my enjoyment out of this film and the placement on this list comes from a place of I was expecting it to be terrible, and was pleasantly surprised by the outcome. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's 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 one of those ones where it's it's doing it's doing the same stuff again, like the origin story and all that sort of thing. But then it's got some strange like contrivances and plot points and stuff. Like when the lizard finds the camera and it's got his name written on the back of it. It's like just That's come so on. If you're gonna be able to <laughs> sneak into Oscorp to like to that degree without like a pass or anything, and you. You, but you don't think to take your name off the back of the camera that you're leaving in the sewer with the lizard. Mm. Like, come on, man. Secret yeah. identity is the one thing. I know that's the same with all Spider-Man films. They always take their bloody mask off. But still, there's 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 less stupid ways of doing it than this. Yeah, yeah. I think as I well. Think if I ever... the action the action in this just does not grab me either. No, I think. The, the one thing I will say is oh, just doesn't doesn't do it for me. I, just I don't know. I actually, to be fair, I would say I like the school scene. Yeah, the school scene works. Yeah, really I, I think the school scenes are a pretty good set. I piece. think as well because the of great the, Stan Lee cameo too. I think, yeah, the Stan, oh, that, that is good. That's the best bit. Yeah, that is the best bit of it. Yeah. I just think the thing with his tail coming off and stuff, and then it growing back, I really liked. And just I think the dynamic of it was was interesting. This sort of like. Because you've never had the school invasion kind of thing before. Because by the time you get to the Raimi films, he's already out of school. So I quite like the idea of this physically, like just this monster. It's not like someone, you know, like Doctor Octopus. He's got big, big arms and whatever, and he can do stuff. Green Goblin's just a terrorist, basically. You know, with the lizard, he's just like a very classic kind of monster. He's just a monster 
and he's running around scaring people and, and, and killing people. And I quite like that because it's sort of like that fits the... I don't know why that fits the school aesthetic really well. The one thing I do wish is that it was after hours or something and you could have had it at night because that could have been some really like mm. alien-esque stuff. But that's that my... Would have been so much he should have, this is my yeah. passion of like the... They should have set this sequence during a parents' evening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they oh, definitely should have. That would have been great. Because it's like... The th- this is the thing with me, and again, I've mentioned it before with the lizard, is because of my nostalgia growing up and my connection with the lizard has always come from that sort of terrified, like anxious feeling around this like monster character, mm. villain. I would love to have seen them gone into a really horror focused angle with this film and with that grittier aesthetic yeah. they, they almost had it they just missed the mark by like that much yeah. and it's just like ah oh. as well yeah. i think I, setting it in a parents evening as well is a great idea because it adds i feel like the the best spider-man fights have a nice little extra threat level and i think having aunt may and captain stacy mm-hmm. in the school mm-hmm. would have been just added an extra little bit of threat where Peter's trying to keep his identity at Mm. the same time as trying to fight the lizard. And that would have just made the fight a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you could always have... The one thing I will say about Kurt Connors... Sorry, the one thing I would say about the portrayal of the lizard is I think when he's actually Kurt Connors, I think Reese Evans does a tremendous job. Mm. I like the idea of presenting him and like his duality with the lizard as almost like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of character. Um, but like you said, like especially with the kind of darker aesthetic and like the tone to it, they really could have leaned into like the lizard as this kind of like alien esque monster, mm. which you know, come to think of it, is kind of a bit of a missed opportunity. I don't yeah. and, massively and hate what it, they did. And, I think and it would have been different villain. to what we'd seen in the Raimi film. Yeah, exactly. As well, because I think what we see, I do like the Jekyll and Hyde thing, but we we've seen that a, quite a lot. Yeah, in the that's Raimi that's kind of Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Yeah, mm. basically. And you get a little bit of it with Doc Ock as well. You get a little bit of it with... I mean, you get a bit of it with Peter as well in, in Spider-Man 3. Um, but yeah, I just think... It, it, I just think it is so unoriginal, I couldn't put it any higher. Mm. I think for me as well, and again, I, I'm quite passionate about this, and I think a lot of people have made this point about the Lizard's design as well. Um for some reason, the design on most of the villains in this, like these two films, are just ass. Like they just do not look very good. And I really do like certain aspects of the lizard's design, but he looks far too human. And they just, just give him the lab coat. Just do the famous lab coat thing. I was about to say, film, my favorite lizard is like my favorite lizard is like the one from the nineties cartoon where he's kind of got like a bit more of like a crocodile alligator yeah. face. And the tattered lab coat. Mm. Yeah, that would be so much cooler. Give me the so lab coat. Because he is this sort of scientist kind of character. All I'm asking it's a for. Great little, it's a great little thing to do. But making it... I think the weird thing about it, even though he's supposed to be like a lizard, he looks too human to be a lizard. So then to not give him any clothes he feels looks really like, naked. You, and I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. It does, though. That's the kind he of looks weird like, mix. Have you ever seen the... Have you ever seen the live-action Super Mario Brothers movie? Have I? Oh, have I? <laughs> you have. Oh, have I? I know you so have. you know, he, he looks like one of the Coopers in that he film. He does actually. Yeah, he looks like King he Cooper, does. and I can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. I don't... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. That's disgusting. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up Amazing Spider-Man? Because I don't think there's anything Not too really. much to say. No. Um, no. Uncle Ben dies over milk. He does, <laughs> but there is no point crying over spilt milk. milk so. No, there's no point dying. There's over no point milk. dying over <laughs> stolen milk. 
I like the bit where Peter's talking to Gwen and Uncle Ben says, he's got you on his computer. And she doesn't freak <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the most unrealistic well, I mean, part of the in entire Amazing film. Spider-Man 2, he literally admits to stalking her and she doesn't freak out then. She's just like, oh, thanks. That's a Spider-Man um, trope at that point. I don't know. <laughs> we'll get into that with the radio yeah. films, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, in which case, I think we can move on to fifth place uh, and jump ahead to that. Um, Owen, what is your fifth place entry onto this list? Okay, so now we're getting into the territory of all the Spider-Man movies that I at least genuinely like. Mm. Mm. So we've kind of gone through the three that I'm kind of ambivalent towards. Yeah. And now we're getting into the ones I think are at least relatively good. Mm. And this might, is this a hot take to say that I think this movie is relatively good? My number five is the 2007 Sam Raimi-directed American motion picture, Spider-Man 3. Good choice, good choice. And Josh, what is your fifth place entry? Mine is also Spider-Man 3. Very good. Wow. Um, Mine is the original Spider-Man, directed by Sam Raimi. Okay. (laughs) I think Owen's like getting a prepping to kill us both. (laughs) (laughs) You are not happy with us. Yeah. So the first thing I want to really address with that is, obviously... I think avoiding all the stuff that's already been said about this film, that you know, that can be said. I want to really get into the nitty gritty. It's great, but Josh, you put this above the original Spider-Man film with yes. Okay, can you explain why? <laughs> <laughs> you really, you I, really like I musical feel numbers. Like I had loads of <laughs> arguments available mm. and ready to go. And now I'm here, I'm like, can I justify this? No, go um, for it. I want I go I on, mean, do it. it. I want a, you to try. It is a tad it is a tad better, I think. I just I I love Spider Man. I love mm. Spider Man one. It is great. It's yeah. really, really fun. It's the most 2002 thing I've ever witnessed in my life. Mm. It's actually the first film the I song ever saw. Is, the, cinema, the song for the movie is sung by Chad Kroger from Nickelback. I it mean, can't be more of a time capsule from beautiful. 2002. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man 3, I just... I, I, was, I went into it and I was like, this is 100% going to be bottom of my list. Mm. And I'm really not going to like this. I just had the best time. It's so funny. Ever. It's so funny. Um, it is so funny, and I would argue that it may be, it, it may be the worst film on this list. But I it gets fifth just because it. I had so much fun with it. I ju- I yeah. just have to put it all there. As from a filmmaking perspective, it is okay. From a, an enjoyment perspective, it is absolutely shit hot there's, there's a there's a weird there's a couple I... of things um sorry Owen, just before i am gonna just i want to throw this in before i forget what i'm gonna say but it's it's a thing for me where it's like there's two things one of it is as you say from a filmmaking perspective it's 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 fine but i also would think this is shocking that this is that this is what stopped them making anymore and continuing to Spider-Man 4. Like, this is the one. Like, it's mm. not that bad. It's still pretty it's decent. It's really not. It's consistent with the other two, at least. And the other thing I would say is, this film, for me, despite it being seventh on my list, it has the Revenge of the Sith effect with me, where it's a film that isn't critically very good, but you just wait for the memes and the funny bits... And you have a whale mm. of a time. If you're talking about 
is this a good film? Mm. Are you talking, is this a film that entertains me for two and a half hours? And yes, it does. It does, because I'm laughing my tits off for about half this film. And you can't, you can't knock it for that. It's more of a comedy in some aspects than it is a serious film. But yeah, no, I think that's mm-hmm. where I stand on it. Yeah. Can I make a really kind of hot claim Go here? on, go for it. Yeah. Treat yourself. Other than Sam Raimi giving us, like, the first ever portrayal of Spider-Man on screen, which is, like, an incredible achievement mm. to, like, mm. make that character work and be believable on film, yeah. I think there is no other Spider-Man movie that is, like, shouldn't, that works more than it shouldn't than Spider-Man 3. I think in the hands of any other director than Sam Raimi, this might be one of the worst movies ever made. Mm. Yeah. But because it's Sam Raimi, he somehow sticks the landing and makes it a quite a good film. Because, like, I kind of can't talk about this movie without being aware of kind of the context behind it, which was, the, like, the disputes Raimi was having behind the scenes with Sony about the direction mm. of the film. It's very famous that Raimi didn't want to include Venom or the symbiote, and that was forced in by Sony. Mm. Like, and, like, that... The, the whole kind of Venom arc feels a bit forced in the film. Not so much Peter having the symbiote, but the introduction of Venom as a character feels very shoehorned. You can kind of tell that Raimi wanted to not only kind of conclude Harry Osborn's arc that was set up so great in Spider-Man 2, mm. but then also introduce the Sandman, who is, by the way, the single best part of this movie mm. and one of the greatest comic book movie villains ever. Um, but like, it's the fact that like Raimi has to not only juggle all the plans he had for this original movie, as well as like concluding all of the character arcs and ideas set up in the last two movies, while also kind of having to cram in all this extra stuff that, by all accounts, he didn't want to do. Mm. Yeah, like we've seen Amazing Spider-Man two try and juggle too much, and unfortunately, kind of fumble the ball to the point where it's like this kind of enjoyable scenes, but as a movie, it's not particularly watchable. Mm. Like, mm. is Spider-Man three as good as the other two? No. Is it still a very enjoyable movie with a lot of great moments? Mm. Yeah. And I think that, like, given the circumstances, that's a massive testament to how good of a director Raimi yeah. is. That he kind of pulls it off and makes it not an absolute steaming pile of shit. For, for me, the yeah. one thing I will say about this film that really doesn't that doesn't rub off well with me is there's a couple of things. First of all, that the film is quite a bit longer than the other two in the sense that with the amount of villains and with the amount of story points going on it really drops the ball in a few areas like i don't think the like it's just like again sandman's a brilliant villain but then like when he rocks up at the end with the whole like eddie brock thing i'm like oh he's in this film i forgot he's even in this film yeah but also i think there's a weird sense of like why did the mary jane story arc need to be in this the whole thing of him, like, because Peter's a dick in this film. Before he, before he gets the symbiote, like, what was he doing kissing Gwen Stacy on stage, like, with the with that yeah. famous upside down kiss? Like, there is no logic to that, and there's no comeuppance to that. Like, he doesn't click that that's wrong. And part of me likes the way they did that in this film because obviously Spider Man Two starts off um, in a place where Peter has, you know, kind of, you know, he's a bit. He's a bit out of it. He's not really doing too well. He's, he's, you know, Aunt May's having to go to the bank to try and get money to keep, you know, to keep the house and stuff. You know, he's not with Mary Jane. He's only just becoming Spider-Man. Whereas at the beginning of this film, everything's going right. And I really like that thematically. But they've used this sort of thing where it's like, oh, yeah, everything's going right. So now he's going to be a dick and not notice when things are going... No, I, I still think it's a... The yeah. one thing that's inconsistent with Peter's character in this is how he treats Mary Jane. And a lot of people go, oh, Mary Jane's just a, a bitch in this film. I'm like, 
actually, you know, now that I'm older and I'm watching I mean, this, I'm like, she is a little bit, but I think, I don't think, like, she's, Peter's being the fucking hero either. I mean, he's great as Spider-Man, uh, yeah. but as Peter Parker, I think I he's mean, a bit of a dick. I mean, Peter literally backhands Mary Jane at one point in this yeah. movie. Like, <laughs> literally that. That is an awful moment. Like, he um, literally lays his hands on her at one point in this film. Yeah. Let's not yeah. treat him like a saint, this, I think regardless of symbiote improved. or not. I think it would have been improved if, like you said, like you lean more into the Peter Parker down on his look, like a lot of like misunderstandings happen or something, and like some stuff that Peter does with good intentions, um, like ends up blowing back in his face. Mm. I think that's a much more Spider Man y way to do it than Peter's a dick for a bit. But then he realizes he was a dick. But then he gets more of a dick because of the symbiote. Yeah, and then, but he sort and of, then he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not a dick of, anymore." They sort of tried to do that with this film, though. They tried to be like, "Oh, he's he's just so happy, and he's like he's going to propose to her, and that's all he's thinking about." Like in his head, they're already married, so like kissing someone else, even for like a public thing, because he's Spider-Man, doesn't really matter. But it's like because there are mm, certain things in that's, this. That's not how marriage no, works, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely not. It's absolutely not. But there's there's yeah. ways and means you can go about it. Like, but they didn't. And there's even, you know, I, I will say there are yeah. stuff that it is a bit weirdly unrealistic when, like, MJ's talking about her stage performance. It's like, this person's seen it five times. This person's seen it seven times. Like, Peter has not got the money. And realistically, like, who is seeing your play, like, six or seven times? I mean, that's mental in itself. Get them checked out. Yeah. It's like, there's certain yeah. things... Like, Peter just read the reviews and just was <laughs> like, like no, nah. no thanks. Yeah, apparently the lead's really shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like even the, even that thing where she gets like sacked from her like stage play. It's like how is obviously we know that and it's a bit awkward, and it's maybe that's just good screenwriting. But like the fact that she uses that to take it out on him is a little bit like oh, I know he's being a dick, but that's the one thing, you know. Maybe like just the way he's treating you generally and the fact that he kissed this other girl. Maybe that's the thing you should be angry about more than the fact that he wasn't aware about this thing that happened because you didn't tell him and there's no other way he could have known. Just a thought. Yeah. Just a minor thought. That basically thought, causes the entire third act of the film, um, which you know, mm. this it, it just it just causes. Like, just just have a chat, guys. Yeah, it's just it's chat. a weird. It is it a out. really weird one, and I think because every film what they what this film needed was uh, was a, a a couple's therapist. That's what this film mm. needs, and then I nothing th- would have bad would have gone wrong, the, yeah. and everyone would have lived happy ever after. I think the one thing I don't like about there it is go. it does is it does mix too much. Like every one of these Raimi films does bring MJ into it too heavily. I think, and the relationship stuff is mm. half of the film. And I don't mind that. Like in Spider-Man One and Two, it does work. But in here, it's like okay, we're doing this again. Like they have to have problems just because there needs to be drama here. It's like there's already enough going on in the film. I feel like they could have had an okay relationship with a few little minor things gone wrong without it being this huge part of the film, which would make the the breakup, the fake breakup, the fake up, if you will, um, caused by like Harry Osborn, maybe that would have a bit more impact. I feel if mm-hmm. it was sort of left yeah. to them not arguing the whole film, because it would have been really out of nowhere mm-hmm. and like, wait, what? There's just a few things in this film. I think because Spider-Man One and Two have so much going for them, in my opinion. You know, even if it's cheesy as frig, like it has a lot going for it, and they are consistent and tightly wrapped stories. Spider-Man 3 isn't that, and I think it drops the ball a little bit, which makes it feel more disappointing. But actually, it's not that bad of a film. It's probably a bit too cheesy. It's like, it's it's just got to the limit where it's like, 
yeah, if you'd done this like a year or two later, it just would not have worked. Like the cheesiness like works just yeah. about 2007, but you couldn't really push it further past that. And that's fine. You know, I love this film for what it is. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, if you want the one to just sit and get drunk with and, you know, have a laugh at, this is the one. Yeah. I had an absolute hoot with this film. Mm. I just I just think Yeah, it is far from flawless. Um but it's just yeah, it's just so much fun. Like you said, it is chock full of memes. Um you, you, you know, you've got Peter dancing, you've got every single moment that James Franco is on screen, because uh, he is so hands good. down mm. the worst but sort of the best part of this trilogy. Yeah. Um so good. So so good. So good. Um <laughs> so good. Um yeah. So I just think um uh yeah it's just sh- stupid in it. But it's fun. Fair enough. So that's my review. <laughs> Owen have you got any closing thoughts on Spider Man? I, I will say I, Yeah, I, I kind of stupid but fun is probably the best way to describe this movie. I will say that as an arc, I love what they do with the Sandman in this yeah. film. Yes. The sequence at the end where you get the flashback to Uncle Ben's death is just like literally just thinking about it just makes me tear up. Yeah. Um, I love like the parallel between him and Peter both kind of accidentally becoming villains and kind of being forced to atone for that together. Mm. It's yeah. a really interesting choice. I like how both of the lead, like two of the three villains kind of get a redemption both like Peter gets his redemption from kind of his turn, but then you get kind of Harry dies a hero, Sandman gets his redemption arc, and the only one that doesn't is Venom, which is mm. is great because Eddie Brock's kind of so consumed by hate and rage, mm. he kind of can't let go and, of that. I also love the fact that the scene in the Daily Bugle where kind of Brock gets outed for faking the photos and Peter tells him to get religion the next time you see Brock he's in a church yeah. asking I God never to noticed kill him. that yeah. I never clicked on that like, little comment yeah, that is like incredible like, oh he writing. did actually take his advice that's sweet um, like that's how that. much of that's a bonehead Eddie Brock that. is yeah I, I think like he takes it so literally a bit, a, a bit of a hot take thing on the Sandman thing right I do like what they did but I don't like the retcon of the him being thrown into the mix see I think it, I, I'm I like it. Like in mm. I in idea, I don't like it, but in execution, I think it really works. Mm. Yeah, in, yeah. Like I'm surprised how much they did. They did manage to do it, but when you say it, but it's I just I think when I'm watching it, I'm just like, especially when I watched them all sort of back to back, I was kind of like, it just doesn't it doesn't gel as well as I was hoping. And as much mm. as I want to really like it, I'm just like ah. I don't know. This is this is yeah. kind of a yeah, but you know, it, there's certain things that work for some people and there's certain things that don't. And I think the, for me, the Sandman stuff I think is gorgeous, and his own personal stuff is beautiful. Yeah. The, when you tie the it, effects really hold up as well. Yeah, like for 50, yeah, they do. Fifteen Considering, years ago, yeah, it is. Oh yeah, so good. It's if you release that today, I genuinely wouldn't bat an eyelid. Yeah, it, it looks yeah. great. Like the the sequence where he like after he has the transformation, yeah, he's kind of trying that, to grab I think his that's daughter. One of my favorite mm. moments. That in the film. and then. Yeah the scene where he fights Spider-Man and he comes out of, like, the truck. Like, the effects. Like, this is a movie from 2007 and it still looks yeah. right. Like, that's impressive. I think there's certain things where it's like, well, then you say that and then you go to the opening fight between Peter Parker and New Goblin. And that I think mm. that looks like ass. So I think there's yeah. a certain areas you where know, the CGI budget could have been a bit higher. One thing that's always really annoyed me 
about this mm. movie is the costume they give to Terrible. Harry Osborn. Why is he a snowboarder? Don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Why, why is he a snowboarder? Well, then you could say, I think, I th- like, the Willem Dafoe suit from the original movie is so good. Mm. And, like, Spider-Man 2 ends with him finding that. So why does he... Like, I, yeah. why just put him in that I don't know. costume? It's, it, it, costume's fine. it's a weird one. What? I think it's... It's one of those things. But then I, I would say the same thing about Venom. I think Venom's terribly designed in this, whether it comes to the voice or the, the style of it. Like, yeah. it's too... You only, you only see the a- actual Venom for, like, 30 seconds as well. I don't... I couldn't yeah. tell you what Venom looks like in this film mm. because... Uh, I, I love the bit where he meets Sandman and he's crawling on the wall and he's like, looks like we both want to kill the spider. Yeah, he, why is yeah, he... It's such a weird voice. how he talks like that. Such a weird voice, Joey. Yeah, it's... It's mad. I actually it think as Eddie Brock, Topher Grace is pretty fun, mm. but yeah, Venom just doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, it's 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 a dodgy one. But I think on that note, I think we've covered basically everything, bar touching off the obvious stuff. Spider Man Three is hilarious, mm. a bit misjudged, but a lot better than people make out to be. So, yeah. yeah. On that note, um, we're about sort of. Are we on like? Fourth place now. I think we are fourth. On fourth, fourth. Yeah, yeah, fourth on place. Fourth. So, Josh, what is your fourth place pick? My fourth place is um, another one that that Owen will will hate me for. Um, it is Spider Man Far From Home. Interesting. Interesting. Owen, I put that bottom. I know you do. I just want to. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I remember. I remember. I'm going to show to you when I get to mention it in my list. My number four is uh, the prequel to Spider Man Far From Home, Spider Man Homecoming. Interesting. Because my number four is also Spider Man Homecoming. Um, Okay. So I feel like we've mentioned. Let's talk about Spider Man Homecoming. I don't know if we can yet. Josh hasn't mentioned it, have you? No, we can't. I have not mentioned it. So. Okay. Oh, okay. We'll shift straight on to third place. We have to talk about Far From Home. Third place. No, because George hasn't mentioned mentioned Far From Home yet. I haven't mentioned it yet. Third place. We'll start with Owen. What's your third place? My third place is the 2002 original one that started it all. Okay. Uh, Josh, what's your number three? Mine is Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> Interesting, because mine's Spider-Man Far From Home, which means we can talk about all three of these films before moving on. <laughs> My head <laughs> hurts. Right. <laughs> Why do, I mean, I feel like we should get we should get Spider-Man done. Yeah. Because then we've gone a nice little chunk of Raimi, and then we can sort of tackle okay. Homecoming and Far From Home. Yeah. I mean, George, this is your podcast. No, feel free. So Take over, it. Josh. It's fine. You, you go. <laughs> um, uh, Spider-Man, Josh, tell me like... about Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Spider-Man, I feel like I now have to justify myself because I put this third from bottom. Um, yeah, that is yeah, a yeah, scene bad. I just want, I just want to tell you a pessimist, that. But it's sixth. Right. This movie is amazing. I would say yeah, this, is, fair, mine's only fifth. this is the first. This is, yeah, exactly. You're only one place above <laughs> me. Um, I think it's really good. I ju- like, as I said at the beginning, you know, some films have got to come near the bottom. And I love this film. As I said before, it's the first film I ever saw at the cinema. I have a, mm. a deep connection to this film. I just, I rewatched it and I just didn't vibe with it <laughs> as, as much as I, I have done previously. Yeah. Um, I think my main, my main gripe uh, I have to say, with this film, even though there is a lot to love about it, 
is um this is the the editing is so all over the place oh, I, I don't I love it I'm not a fan I, do, you, do you like it I, I feel like it depends on where you come from as a spider-man fan mm. um and I don't know I feel so bad I feel like no, I no. hate on this because I'm it's six but I really but love I'm it. only a spot I'm, I'm only that's a spot pretty much you. my only gripe to be and, I, and I and I get it for me this film is all over the place it is by far the cheesiest Spider-Man film to date. It's so cheesy. It's painfully <laughs> it's so, cheesy. At it's times. so cheesy. However, how cheesy however, this movie is. It's definitely it's just it's one of the best. It's always the one. Similar to Spider-Man it three, but in, in, in a different sense to Spider-Man three slightly, because it is a better film. I do feel like I could just watch this no matter what. And most of that is down to Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, who I absolutely adore in this film. I think he's brilliant. Every yeah. time that man opens his mouth, whether it be this film, whether it be The Lighthouse, whether it be Mr. Bean's Holiday, it's always a, a phenomenal <laughs> performance, and I always love it. And it's always a lot of fun, for either the best or worst reasons. This man, every time he talks, is brilliant. And to be honest, he's the thing I'm most excited about in No Way Home, to be quite honest with you guys. and That's the thing, mm. I'm like, I cannot wait to see this man as Green Goblin again. Yeah. Can I just say, like, fifth, sixth? What about my generous proposal? <laughs> I, despite the fact both of you guys said you like this movie, I now feel like I'm in the position to defend mm. it. You don't, um, but you don't need to. This defend movie is. It. You don't need to defend it. I'm going to defend it because we both love, I'm it. Going love to. it. Okay, defend it. I feel defend like I need to. Two people who have just actively said they like this film. Come on. <laughs> it should be pretty easy. <laughs> this movie is unbelievably cheesy. Yeah. Objection that's what that. I love Objection. about it. Can't object to that, to be quite honest with you. Is, I, I, I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. It is the cheesiest thing I've, I've ever seen. To, Toby Maguire's portrayal of Peter Parker in this movie is like the closest thing we've ever got to anyone doing Christopher Reeve Superman. And I love that mm. about it. Yeah. This movie is like such a homage to like that era of comic book mm, films. Mm. Um, and especially an era where like, you got to remember like, I, I would make the argument that without Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, you don't get Iron Man and you don't get the MCU both in mm. terms of just like the tone of this movie mm. and also like the groundbreakingness of it in terms of making a superhero movie that's not ashamed to be a superhero yeah. movie because like I know the X-Men movies and Blade came before that but they kind of strip everything superficial and like fantastical away mm. Mm. and just like throw them in black leather and the they take the piss out of having superhero names and villains mm. and all that stuff. This movie is like, no, comic books rule. Spider-Man is awesome. And I'm going to make the most Spider-Man movie yeah. ever. Yeah. And like, Willem Dafoe is incredible. He is Every actually line he says, I know just, everyone sort of like, gives yeah, me serotonin. It's always, really it's always like a joke, isn't it? It's like, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. But like, I, I think he's like... But no, that's it. But he manages to be a meme and yeah, also amazing at the same time. That's it. And I, I think he's actually so intimidating. And ex- like The scenes with the mirror, when he's just talking to himself, it's like, how can he do both yes. of those so well? It's like um, as well, the Thanksgiving scene oh my is one of my God. favorite although I will scenes say, in Although movie. I will That's say, great. despite the fact that that Thanksgiving scene is brilliant, the bit where Aunt May just smacks Norman's hand away and he just looks at her is makes me cackle every time because it's so unnecessary for him to be looking at Aunt May like that. Like, why? <laughs> I just think I I just think I owe it to our listeners, to your listeners, uh, and the people listening to this podcast to not brush over George's Norman Osborne impression <laughs> there, um, because I now need to see a cut 
of of Spider Man where where Norman Osborn is played by Waylon Smithers from from Simpsons. <laughs> Because that is exactly what Please. just came out of your mouth. <laughs> Look, I'm not John Coleshaw. Right? I'm not wanted. a John Coleshaw. I'm, I'm not an impressionist. <laughs> you know, I never claim to be. But what I can do is a fairly inaccurate Willem Dafoe impression. Back the formula? <laughs> Hello, Norman Osborne. You're quite good at turning me on. <laughs> We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> Stop laughing at it. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Just want you hear my Chris Eubank. It's, it's not. It's not that bad. <laughs> oh God. Right. I think. Sorry. I, think... I just had to call that out. I had to. I had to. Um... So yeah, with the original Spider-Man, that was that was not clean at all, was it? No one, no one's ever going to be able to tell there was a cut there between us <laughs> cackling with laughter and my impression to. And yes, what did you think about Spider-Man? No, I, I think, I think it's, it's one of those ones that is. There's not really much I want to say about this before we move on. I think it's one of those ones where it's one of, it's the it's the perfect origin for Spider-Man. It works incredibly. It's got a fantastic villain. Whether it, it is cheesy, it's really I love like even the bit where Willem Dafoe is like dressed up as an old woman in the burning building yes. just to give him a, just to yeah. give him a scare with like a stock scream sound effect. I just I just love it. I love bits like that where it's like it is cheesy. Like the big ultimatum of the film is the Green Goblin hanging MJ on one arm and a box full of children on the other. <laughs> Not I enough movies that. do that anymore. Yeah. Not they enough movies they threaten to throw children off a high platform. <laughs> we need more of that. <laughs> I really, it feels yeah, like a bygone so era. Yeah. And that's what I love about this. It is cheesy, but it doesn't apologise and it is absolutely it's so fully like- accepting of it. It's so endearing and so, like, earnestly a superhero movie, in mm, a way. Especially yeah. at the time, a lot of superhero movies weren't. It just, like, doubled... Mm. In the same way, I kind of feel the same way about this as I do about films like Aquaman, where, like, it just doubles down on how bafflingly silly the concept of it is. Yeah. And yeah. just is like, yeah. just trust me, it's stupid, let's go with it. Um, yeah. mm, though I think it's mm. a, a far better movie than Aquaman. One thing we haven't touched on yeah. that I want to... You know, there's a lot of, like, really serious moments that car scene with peter and uncle ben breaks my heart mm, mm. um the scene where peter's talking to mj in the garden after she's had like the fight with her dad but bone saw man how great is bone saw <laughs> you've got you for three, minutes, you for three minutes of playtime it's <laughs> <laughs> an amazing I've got you for three minutes of playtime um, also He's bone saw is ready me and me and Owen did chat briefly about Spider Man a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And the yeah. one thing that I mentioned is just I, I wish I was behind the scenes on this film when somebody decided yeah. to spend was it over a hundred takes on Toby Maguire trying to catch all of the things <laughs> on that tray and he actually did it in real life. What? Oh, Who funded it's this amazing. film? They need people on set to control them because <laughs> if like I walked Stanley in, Stanley Kubrick does Spider Man. If I walked in and I was I was funding that film and I walked in and I heard like take one hundred and twenty eight on Tobey Maguire catching some milk on a tray, I would say, why am I spending my money on this? I'm really see, glad they did like it that. and the fact that he did it, but. I just, I just wonder. I just think, why? It? Why was it worth it? 
Because <laughs> realistically, it really wasn't. It's really funny that everybody thinks it's a special effect. They don't really make it very clear that it's practical. Yeah. So all of the all of the painstaking hours yeah. that went into making it practical are useless because everybody who doesn't know this fact actually thinks it's a special effect. Yeah, which is hilarious. That's the thing, though. That's the thing about this is what I what I really love is is so it's just another part of this again talking about the cheesiness side of it kind of wrapping this bit up is the extras in this film it's been talked about before but my god yeah. when you've rewatched this film a couple of times and you can start looking at the people in the background who like and the people who are listening on audio won't get the benefit so if i ever upload this on tiktok or youtube you'll get the benefit of this but half of them are like in the background something very minor will happen like green goblin will just punch spider-man in the face and the background actors will always just be going like <laughs> Like, what, freaking out over the most minor things. There's a guy, like, and this continues through all the, like, all of these films. But my god, in this film, it's the it's the festival thing where there's, like, so much going on. And there's so many people in the background in, like, random costumes as well. I'm sure there's, yeah. like, a chef that runs past at one point. I'm like, what the fuck's there a chef there? It's like the Muppet Show. But it's, 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 it's brilliant in its own right. And I think it's something yeah. that, like, again, really adds to it. Where it almost feels like a farce. Yeah. But in the perfect way because it is a good film yeah. but it's also hilariously cheesy I, I, so it's a really but, easy watching film and i love that yeah, I also want but to here's what i'll say with that oh go on you go you go i just i just want to say this why can't cheesy also be good it, oh no, why it does is. something have to be good but cheesy true. it wears yeah, its true. heart on its sleeve yeah i think it's a wonderful movie that's that's very true actually. That's one thing i'll say with like what you're talking about with the extras we'll get into MCU Spider-Man stuff in a little bit, but one of the things I really miss is that the perspective of everyday people in those mm, movies. Mm, I feel like that's something mm. we don't get enough of, of seeing how... It's something I think the, the first Avengers movie actually does really well, where you get, mm. like, at the end after the invasion, you see, like, news reports of all these different just average Joes talking about the Avengers and everything that's just happened. Mm. Like, that stuff feels ripped from the Raimi movies, and in this movie, like... New York feels like yeah. a character and so many random people who you only see for like a split second feel like their own characters. They don't feel just like extra stood there. They really yeah. kind of no, make the world true. feel that's, lived in. That's very true. And I, and I love that. I love how it cuts between random people being interviewed who genuinely probably are just people on the street of New York who they were like, hey, do you want to be in a film? We'll like give you like twenty dollars or something to like pretend you've just seen spider-man or something mm. and i and i i will agree with you there i do love that and it is something that's missing from the mcu spider-man films um but obviously i think it's a good segue into that i suppose is that um in terms of our rankings we'll start with homecoming because we've all kind of vaguely agreed on homecoming like we've either got it like fourth or fifth fourth or third or yeah, something I've got it third, so yeah. it's yeah so it's 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 one of the ones that we kind of all on the similar level about, which we kind of haven't before, unless we're talking about the Amazing Spider-Man films. So I'm interested to see where you guys stand on that. Because for me, as much as I love the Raimi films and everything that that tries to do and, and succeeds in doing, I think I think the MCU Spider-Man films, specifically Homecoming, work incredibly in their own right. Mm-hmm. I think I think Homecoming definitely as. Mm. Um, I, it's it's always hard with these two because you have to look at it as both does it work as a standalone film and does it work slotting into the middle of this absolute tangled mess that is the MCU um mm. homecoming 
does both, which is why it it's third for me. Because I think mm. on on its own when I watched it, I was I just had so much fun with it. I think I think Tom Holland the I feel like people do lean into the whole when comparing the Spider Man, um people lean into there's a bit of a cliche of uh oh yeah Maguire is a better Peter Parker but he's not a great Spider Man and Andrew Garfield is a better Spider Man but he's not a great Peter Parker. But I don't really agree with that. I think all of them do a a, a good job at, at all of it. I I don't think there's one of them that really messes up. I just think there's a really nice mm. balance with with Tom Holland's performance, um where he does feel like at that perfect middle ground between a bit nerdy and a little bit cool, but yeah. so ironically cool. He I, sort I to- of feels I like totally right in the middle of both. And I sort of feel like that with his Spider Man as well. Um, you know, he's not too quippy, um, but he's as as Spider Man, he's really, really he, I think he's one he's got some really, really funny yeah. lines and for for, really for, for yeah, for me with what Homecoming does is it introduces this new version of Spider Man. It's a very unique perspective because it's the first in the trilogy. But we've also been introduced to him in Civil War. Mm. Um, but I, I mean, combining those two, because you see, he's not in Civil War very much. That's kind of his introduction. On like, it's almost like a a showreel test kind of yeah, thing yeah, to be yeah. like, this yeah, could it's be, kind of like the trailer. Know, you... Yeah. yeah. Um, with this, it's the thing I like about this is you're not doing the origin story again. You mm. have already done that. Um, and the interesting thing as well is it, and this this could be a criticism as well. I suppose I don't like how he relies so much on. Tony Stark mm-hmm. as his um, sort of benefactor, like that sort of thing about you're nothing without the suit, then why have it? But it's also why I love the fact that they take the suit away from him in this film, so he does have that final fight with his classic suit on, proving that like it isn't just about this high-tech suit. You had to have that for Civil War, because it made sense, but giving him the original suit in this really, I, I, that really works for me um, conceptually and thematically. And I like as well that the idea that, yeah, this isn't a definitive version of Spider-Man. He's already had his origin story, but this Spider-Man's origin, he hasn't had a big villain to fight immediately. He hasn't coincided with the creation of a villain like Garfield and Maguire did. Like, obviously, Green Goblin happened at like, exactly the same time as Spider-Man. It coincided exactly. And the same, similar sort of thing with the lizard. With this, it's like, oh, he found out he had these powers, and then he's been running around really quietly, helping out people, and he's appeared on YouTube a couple of times, but he's mostly like, no one really knows who he is, other than the people in New York who are like, oh, that's interesting. Mm. I like the fact that it's he hasn't had a big villain until now, and this is when he defines himself. Yeah. The first film shouldn't have to be, this is how he becomes Spider-Man in terms of a physical sense, but how he becomes Spider-Man in terms of a thematic sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I, and I, I really like that, that about yeah, this I film. I really like it as well, and it's it's just really nice to not. I just, my my biggest worry when I heard that they were bringing Spider Man back was the idea of having to sit through another Spider Man origin story. When I, yeah, I can't I watch Uncle Ben die again, I, I can't do it again. I was like, I, the, that I old think, man's been through enough. Let him rest. Well, I think I mean we we now sort of know that they're gonna go back and do some stuff with an with that animated show is that right am i right yeah that's true they're doing spider-man freshman year which i'll admit i am quite excited for because i think exploring it in an animated point of view is a really interesting one what i hope yeah what i hope they don't do is give him a big villain 
That's the only thing yeah. I've got is I hope they don't give him a huge villain in this show. Might make the show a bit boring, but in terms of thematical context, he becomes Spider-Man in Homecoming. Yeah. And I don't want to see, like, I don't want to see fucking Venom appear in his freshman year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it wouldn't yeah, make yeah. any yeah, sense no, at okay. all. Maybe yeah. a few hints to some characters, you know, but not not to that heavy-handed degree. Mm-hmm. I think I think with freshman year, you can kind of, like, throw in, throw in like, a D-level villain. Like, if yeah. the Shocker hadn't have been in Homecoming, someone like the Shocker would have been yeah, a good choice definitely. for that show. Just, like, just some random dude with a gauntlet. Yeah. That's just mm. constantly trying mm. to rob banks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, like, but something along those lines would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, to summarise my feelings on Homecoming, I think it really has the benefit of not having to be an origin story. And, like... It doesn't suffer the same pitfalls that the first Amazing Spider-Man does, where it has to spend the first hour retreading ground that everyone knows. Yeah. It's like, right, you know Spider-Man's story. Let's just jump into it. And also, mm. like, getting that introduction to Civil War helps. Um, I mm. like what they do with the suit and the whole idea of, like, he's Spider-Man not because of the high-tech gadgets and the costumes, but because of the person he is and his like, will and mm. determination. That is, like quintessential spider-man i love the sequence um where he kind of has to like lift the rocks and stuff which is yeah. ripped straight out of an old stanley steve ditko comic yeah it's, uh, it's and something michael that's amazing yeah yeah michael keaton michael keaton is absolutely phenomenal in this on a mention of that my one of my all-time favorite spider-man scenes is the one where he's taking peter parker to the dance and yes, he's sat the in the traffic lights amazing and it's you see him realizing that reflection in the in the yeah. uh, rearview window and he's uh the rearview mirror sorry and he's like, you know, good old Spider-Man. I'm like, that's such a... It's, it's it hits brilliant. you. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. And even though I remember in the cinema, like the reveal of when he get, goes to the house and it's all upbeat and then he sees like Michael Keaton. And it's such a, an amazing moment. They keep that held so tightly and it works so well. Yeah. I think it's beautiful in that... I think Spider-Man is sort of one of the only like kind of superhero films where you could have all of these big budget fight scenes and you can have the super villains and you can have all of this but the most Mm. tense and impactful moment in the film is a a meeting your girlfriend's dad who just also happens to be the super villain that you're currently fighting um it's but it's just it, it just nails again it's the it's the whole peter parker spider man life balance again that comes mm. into play but they do something a little bit different with it and they do something really interesting yeah. and really tense in that scene which is just yeah. so fun and i and i think the one thing i will say about this is it's just, it's a film conceptually in terms of its story that could not be made in any other context you couldn't mm. see this done in the Raimi universe because yeah. all all the all the web universe is, is Matt Webb yeah right? Matt Webb yeah I, talking, I thought I'd made a right tit of myself <laughs> the web universe um but I think it's it's one of those ones that, because of the context of the MCU, I like the fact that they didn't just go, oh, we'll just do another Spider-Man story. And that's one thing I do like about these films, and it does venture into Far From Home as well. So I'm interested to see what uh, Owen has to think about this, because I feel both of these films are very similar in terms of quality mm. and standing. Um, and I struggle to pick between the two. You're <laughs> shaking your head already. Um, but it, for me, I think the one thing I really like about this is that it, it couldn't be made in any other universe, because you had to have had that introduction in Civil War, it couldn't do the origin story, but it also wouldn't work as a second film. It's 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 a first film of a trilogy story that couldn't be done as a reboot with its own origin. Like it it works as is, and I think 
that's perfect. The, even mm. the inclusion of Tony Stark being that sort of parental figure, because you need that parental figure, but you also don't want to do the origin story, perfect. Yeah. And then, obviously venturing into Far From Home, having Tony Stark's death be almost similar to that of the Uncle Ben death in terms of thematic resonance, that he has something to fight for, or to live up to, almost... I think is interesting. But yeah. I can see Owen's face twitching. Do we want to venture into Far From Home? Let's is there anything else you yeah. want to say about Homecoming? Or I like Homecoming a lot. I just feel like I need to get that in there before people brand me an MCU Spider-Man yeah. hater. Homecoming yeah. I, I, is genuinely yeah, yeah. I think a, a really great movie. Yeah, I think mm. we're now in the territory of, I think, I think there's sort of three tiers to this where I think the two Amazing Spider-Man films I quite liked but there's quite a lot of flaws there and then you've got like the mid-level ones which i i like and i really enjoy his films and then this top three is just the absolute gold standard for me and mm. homecoming does just fall into that so when then we go into far from home <laughs> and so for me and josh like it's at the same sort of level just sort yeah. of flipped around so josh your far from home was fourth fourth yeah and mine was third, and we're the opposite for Homecoming. So I feel like we're both in sort of similar agreement here, where it's like these are both pretty consistent films in terms of quality, mm-hmm. story. And the one man who disagrees with that, oh, and you've got your Far From Home at eighth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm fascinated, and I've been fascinated One since we started these this recording. Is not it's like it's actually. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have a kind of internal mantra on my channel that i try not to shit on things like any sort mm-hmm. of like criticism i have i want to kind of do it in a constructive and a healthy way in a way where we kind of like still appraise something and and kind of take the hood off and look at okay this isn't if i don't like something why Where, what lessons can we kind of learn from it mm-hmm. far from home is probably the only spider-man movie that i would say i dislike to be honest like even like the Amazing Spider-Man films, they're mostly indifferent. There's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of bad stuff. This is the only one that doesn't really work for me. Yeah. Um, and it's which is kind of strange because of I'm such a huge fan of Homecoming. It's normally my top five of the MCU films, and yet Far From Home sits quite low on that list. Wow. There's a I have a very complicated relationship with Spider-Man Far From Home. I think for me it kind of. To, to me personally, and I'm kind of not speaking for the group, obviously, it kind of undoes a lot of the growth Spider-Man goes through in Homecoming um, and kind of takes away a lot of like the big emotional journey that he goes on. Uh, mm, I understand I other like people kind of read his, his arc differently in Far From Home, but it, it just doesn't really work for me. I, what I love about Homecoming is that idea of like, it's not the Stark tech and it's not the, the contacts and it's not the wanting to be an Avenger that makes him Spider-Man. In fact, at the end of the movie, he actually rejects an offer to join the Avengers in terms of being mm. his own hero. Mm. And then in kind of in Far From Home, obviously like the Avengers movies kind of inform that dynamic and you kind of can't take Infinity War and Endgame out of that equation. Yeah. But it kind of, it feels like a step backwards for me in terms of Peter's dynamic. Um, yeah. Even like, even like the scene that's meant to be a big kind of defiant stand of him becoming his own man where he makes the new costume. He makes it, out of Star Tech while listening to Back in Black. Yeah, mm. if I'm, it's, if it's I'm like honest. it's like him trying to not be Iron Man, but also still. It, I, I find it, the message of it kind yeah. of muddled I, to me. I think that's I think I, I would that I yeah. I sort of agree with you on yeah, in terms it, of not being a big fan of it. I don't know. I think I I what I really don't what I don't like is is the constant 
connection to Tony Stark. And I'm hoping that in No Way Home, fingers crossed, that they won't continue that trend of the whole thing is based around Tony Stark. Because mm. it, it, it shouldn't be necessarily. Um, in sort of, like... And the one thing I will say about Far From Home that I, I'm not too super keen on is the MCU integration. And the same thing goes for far, uh, for Homecoming. Um, and the same thing will stand for No Way Home. The one thing I don't like about these films, admittedly, is that Spider-Man never is able to stand by himself. On the posters, yeah. in, in the main promotional for the film, it's always another famous MCU character alongside him, whether it be Iron Man, Nick Fury, or Doctor Strange. It's every single one of these MCU films. I, I just want Spider-Man to have this thing where he stands by himself. And I feel like he does in Homecoming in the final act, and I, admittedly, I would also argue here that I absolutely adore the final act of this film yeah. as well, and how that's conceived. Um... I will, <laughs> I will. This is coming from a very interesting standpoint for me because this this might kill you off, Owen. But for my for my ranking of the MCU, this is also third place. Wow, wow, that might Pink kill you. Actually, off. I like our side. Actually, like actually, to, I like actually, it. But that to, is high. That is actually, very high. To be, to be fair, who's high? I'm just George. I'm just looking potentially. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> with with when I'm looking at. I've just realised my letterbox list is Marvel Cinematic Multiverse and the one and two places aren't actually in the MCU. <laughs> so <laughs> technically, this I could say this it's is my the, favourite it's the, MCU It's the film. damn Venom movies, isn't it, George? <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, um, for me, it's... I put, I put this above, only just above Endgame and Infinity War. Wow. Personally... <laughs> wow. Um, I like okay. how I've absolutely me... fucking silenced this the room with that. This has been Spill Your Bees. Me... <laughs> See you guys, I'm out. <laughs> Let me give some positives <laughs> okay. about Far From Home, because I, I don't want to be like the negative one. Yeah. No, no, of course, of course. Um, Tom Holland continues to be an excellent Spider-Man. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like we're very lucky that we've never had an actor play Spider-Man that's anything less than tremendous. Like, mm -hmm. talk about like batting hundreds back to back mm -hmm. to back. I don't think any character's had that kind of repeated success in terms of apart, recasting apart they've not even had this, like a this guy right here this this doctor who guy anyway i, I, I yeah pretty good i would agree yeah, pretty good. but i love the um, fact that they're probably the two characters that i think they have 100 percent nailed every single time but yeah um yeah i, no, I, I do agree with is. you on Spider i'm gonna move on okay um i think i, I think both of the mc spider-man films have tremendous villains i love mm -hmm. michael keaton as the vulture and i think jake gyllenhaal uh, although Taylor Swift fans won't like me saying his name out loud, <laughs> is a really great Mysterio. Um, the oh, way I they use the idea of like, the way they use like the mocap suit and the idea of like the illusions, mm. like the illusion sequences in this film are breathtaking. I mm. love them so much. Yeah. Um, one I thing think that's I'm not I, huge sorry, on, I, 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 just I, as, a, yeah. as, a, as a brief aside, one thing I'm not huge on in this movie is them taking mm. Spider-Man out of New York. I like the idea of like... Mm. Uh, more of an international setting, but I feel like Spider-Man as a character is so intertwined with New York City to take him mm -hmm. out of it kind of feels a bit weird. Like, it, to me at least, it always kind of feels like there's something missing from that characterization, and it is New York to me. Mm. I would agree with that, actually. And I think it, it's it's something that is a, it's a very good point in terms of the, the connection of Spider-Man with New York City. Um, one point I'll throw in, though, that I really do like about this is that for my the one thing i really didn't like about the amazing spider-man films and stand by that back when i first watched them back now is 
if they are too similar and they don't try and be as unique as they can whereas one thing i'll give the mcu films credit for is that there is a lot of creative vision to take it in a new direction mm. yes taking him away from new york city is a big thing in this but like homecoming he's not in the city he's kind of he's still in queens he's still in high school and i like that because no other spider-man film really lingers on that for too long and then with this take him abroad it's something that yeah it's very out there but works within the context of this story you're at mm. a point in peter parker's life where he isn't sure how, if he wants to keep being spider-man it's definitely nowhere near as well handled as it is in spider-man 2 in terms of that sort of not really sure if he wants to step up or not but i think w what really works for me is is just I, I i i like it i understand what you mean i agree actually mm. it is part of his his, his thing spider-man being in new york city but what i really like about this film is in a way how unique it is taking him out of it because again it's yeah. one of those things where i couldn't see this being done again yeah and yeah and I, and I like that i like that it's this unique and on the standpoint of mysterio as a villain everyone knew it would come in the twist but it's still a good twist and i yeah, love how they do it because so i'm halfway through the film i am sitting there even the exactly. first time i'm totally aware that he's the villain because i know my spider-man stuff and i'm sat there and i'm thinking could he be or they could they could this be the twist that he actually is yeah. just a good guy and when they flip it round and he's and yeah maybe oh he's working with tony stark that's a bit whatever but i like the name his life they, work bath <laughs> yeah but i i don't you know it's it's daft but i i like it and again the one connection I, of making him less of a magician and more of a vfx artist yeah. i think is brilliant that's a great characterization. The one thing I'll say about that the bath scene is they bring back the box of scraps guy from Iron Man. <laughs> so the good. That, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I was in disbelief when they did that because it's just it's weird, but it it works because now when you go back and watch that film, it's like oh, there's the guy from Far From Home. Yeah. Shit, yeah, I like nice that. Guy, I, I can't deny no, that. I'm that is nice attention to detail. I do enjoy that. Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, that I really like the third act of this movie. I think the way they handle the action scenes in this movie in general are kind of really creative and kind of unique. Um, mm. yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's mm -hmm. a movie. And I think it, it's, it's, it's one of those things, again, especially, especially with the with the uh, illusion sequences. I think it's like, it it does it so well for me. Like, I absolutely adore it. And I think even at the cinema at the time, but even now, it's like, it's an absolute masterclass in CGI. And I know there's a lot mm. of criticism for how smooth the suit looks in this film and even in Homecoming as well. And I get that to an yeah. extent, but I like the idea that they establishes in Homecoming that it's because of the Star Tech, it's skin tight on him. Because like the stealth suit doesn't look like that in this. You know, mm. that, that does look a bit more fabric-y and that's for intention. Like when he's building that's a true. Star Tech version of the suit, it is going to be skin tight because that's how it's designed. It's not like the standard sort of material and stuff. So it will look a bit more smooth. But one thing I will say is, you really can't knock the CGI in this film. The VFX yeah. work in this is unbelievable. Whether it's in the illusion sequences or whether it's in the you know any other sequences where they mix live action with VFX, I think it is absolutely stunning, especially towards the final act of this film as well. I just, yeah. I think as well, the music, Michael Giacchino's always a win, but he absolutely nails it in this. Like, yeah. a huge step up from yeah. Homecoming, which was already a good score. Mm -hmm. This has just got so much more, like... Again, I'm always a bit iffy going into this one. I'm always a bit like, is it as good as I remember? But whenever I watch it, I feel like I go through and I get to that final act and I am there. The music, yeah. the visuals, the you know, the thematic sort of resonance of the whole thing, I think works so well. And, you know, it's fair. I, I, I can mm -hmm. see the criticisms in it, definitely. But I think for me, what I look for in not just a superhero film, but a Spider-Man film 
this manages to hit almost every mark. Yeah. To be quite honest. Yeah, I think I'm more on. But I think I'm on. I'm pretty much on board with you, George. Um, obviously, I put it a little bit below Homecoming, just because mm. I think. Um, I don't, I don't but I'm know. between the two, to be yeah, fair. A, like, few, they are both few, too similar where it's so difficult. Really, like They could really be the other way around on another day, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I get that, yeah. I think the reason why I put this just slightly lower is I think, again, I think it does lean a little bit too heavy into the Stark stuff. Um, I, I, I do agree with you, Owen, about that, that scene on the plane. I think there was a moment where you either... You either you either stick with the Stark thing, which they did very heavily, or you pull it away, which is what I think they should have done. Yeah, but I feel like and it tries to do both. Yeah, that's my issue that's with it. It's like it, 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 it's that scene is framed as like standing on his own, but then yeah, he's, exactly. He's stood there looking like Tony Stark with Tony Stark's yeah. iconic music playing in the background. I think there would be would have been a moment to have <laughs> Peter make his own suit like we've seen in the other films not with Stark mm. Tech I think that would have been the moment I know it sort of doesn't work as well in terms of the actual MCU story but I think in terms of Spider-Man story that would have been mm. a really good because you have this nice story in Homecoming where Peter has this father figure this person that he learns from the whole training wheels thing and then obviously during in the in between of those they have to come off because tony dies and then he's trying to stand on his own two feet but he feels like he can't and he feels anxious and inadequate and that's when quentin sort of takes yeah. advantage and then at the end of the mm. film you have this great final act where peter stands up to quentin and he does it on his own and everything's yeah. on his own i just think the suit thing just takes away from it slightly just slightly. I, I get. I agree. See, as I agree with that point, my problem is I can't see how they would have justified it another way. Yeah. Maybe I, not yeah, play back in black. Maybe not have the thing of him being like the new Iron Man because that shouldn't be the point of this film. And I, that's the one thing I really don't like about this is it's basically going, "Hey, look, he's the new Iron." No, he's not the new Iron Man. He's not. Mm. You've got other characters who are similar enough to Iron Man, or you know, Iron Heart's coming up. You can you can do that then. Spider-Man is his own thing and shouldn't be immediately connected to Tony Stark in, in much of a context, but even with the MCU, it's a bit too strong. Yeah. But one thing I will say about that is, as much as I would love to see him make his own suit at that point without Stark tech, I can't see the logical decision when I, you've got I, this yeah, huge attack to be they like, did. hey, it's... I want to take out all these drones, do all these things. It's like, oh yeah, I'll just get rid of all of these features that this this costume kind of comes with. It's a shame yeah, he that, couldn't yeah, do that himself, exactly. but I feel like having him still make it with stark tech or otherwise i'm not against it mm -hmm. in a way because i feel like it is advanced technology so long as he's still the one who's putting it together the ideas of like the little parachute thing and the electric webs and stuff like he's putting that in it's him thinking this up and hopefully we'll get more of that in the next film of course we know there's going to be new suits in the next film as well yeah. so hopefully that is him and there's not going to be any of that and it will be yeah maybe stark tech probably stark tech at this point let's be honest but it'd be nice to see him actually putting that together and, and making it himself mm -hmm. yeah completely agree yeah um but yeah I, th I just think on a whole i i just have a fun time with it um mm. i'm intrigued just for you owen because i feel like i'm me and you obviously come at these films from a very different perspective mm. because you're 
you're coming at, at it as a comic book fan as well. And I don't have yeah, the context think... of the comic books. I'm just intrigued. I was just I... intrigued with all of these films. Do you think it changes think my... the way you view them? Or do you... Th- I don't think so, but you can never be sure. Yeah. Like, unconscious bias, that thing. Yeah. I like to think I'm quite good at just judging a piece of art as, yeah. as its own thing. Yeah. Um, not necessarily as an adaptation. Like, if I wanted to... If I wanted it to be a Spider-Man comic, I'd read a Spider-Man comic. Yeah. I, I always kind of want adaptations to put their own spin on things. and yeah. Sure, take inspiration from great Spider-Man stories, but make something unique and original. Yeah. And I think all of these movies borrow elements from classic Spider-Man comics, but do something unique and new with them, and I, and I appreciate mm. that. Yeah. So I don't think my issues with Far From Home stem from like comic accuracy. It's still... Yeah. You know, Mysterio is presented as an incredibly comic accurate character. Yeah. I never thought we'd see the actual fishbowl costume, and that's brilliant. Oh, mm. yeah, I think the costumes in in the MCU, yeah. like for the villains especially, they absolutely nail it. Um, yeah, I'd agree I, with that. I love, I love the Mysterio suit. I love even the, like. Sorry, you go. even the sorry, even the redesigns for some of the older characters in No Way Home, like. Mm-hmm. The design for Electro is such an improvement on the Amazing yeah. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like I love how they've made like the lightning look like his comic mask. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just a really and, and even approach. and even Willem Dafoe as well, a, a costume that people love in terms of uh, historical context. The fact that they're they're giving him this sort of like hood, like this sort of purpley hood, yeah. and like a sort of damaged suit, yeah. and the, the whilst keeping that sort of classic look that we're all familiar with, I think is a, is a brilliant shout. And even like Doc Ock as well, giving him like a tur- like a green turtleneck and stuff, like little yeah. things like that. Just it it does make a difference. And I I will say with the MCU iterations of villains, the designs have always been on point. Whether mm-hmm. it be you know I mean Vulture's fantastic, mm-hmm. maybe not yeah. Shocker, but or, yeah. or you know or Scorpion I guess. But like with the Vulture, Mysterio, and what looks to be all the villains in the new film, I think they're doing such a good job with them. Yeah. And I'm so excited to see how they do that um, next week, which is mm-hmm. very strange to say. Yeah. I, I, I do, I do want to ask Owen, uh, just on a sort of separate point, is because I feel like we've talked, like, we've, we've all tried to be kind of, I mean, obviously me and Josh do like this film a lot more than you do. And I feel like you've been quite positive about it. I would like to know, is there anything sort of major that sort of, is there, to why this is sort of right at the bottom of your list? Yeah, like I said, I kind of have a complicated feeling with this movie, and it's a lot of like what I'm going to describe as negative ones. Like, there's no like single thing where I'm just like, screw this movie, I hate it. There's just a mm. lot of little decisions and little things they do that kind of frustrate me a little bit. Like, I really like Homecoming, and I love the way it progresses Peter's character. And like I said, to mm. me, some of the choices they make in this movie kind of feel like a tread backwards. I understand that, like, Tony dying is going to have a profound effect on Peter. He is his kind of, as a superhero, like his mentor and someone he looks up to. And losing him is going to have a big effect on him. And we've never really seen how this Spider-Man deals with loss because they've kind of glossed over the Uncle Ben aspect, which you can make an argument for not wanting to see an old man get shot again. Um, I'm kind of in the camp of at least say the man's name, please. Um, Yeah, yeah. The sort of implications of it, but there's never really a concrete thing. I don't think I'd go as far to say that like, the MCU films have replaced Uncle Ben with Tony Stark, but they've they've no. But I get what you mean, though. Yeah. But they've made Tony's death feel like, a, like naturally, it should be a really big deal. But kind of, it makes Ben's role in Spider Man's life kind of an elephant in the room to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well, like I, I, 
I appreciate them trying to put it in a different setting and trying to like see how Spider-Man explores a different landscape, but I do feel like you lose something by taking Spider-Man out of New York. It's like taking Batman out of Gotham. You something kind of just fe- doesn't feel mm. right yeah. to me. Yeah. Like I think in terms of like in execution, I think they did it the best they could. They really use some of the like the European set pieces in the action scenes really good. Uh, both the Venice sequence mm. and then the one in London in the third act, I think are both really great action scenes. Mm. Um I like Mysterio in this movie. Um, I, I'm not huge on him, like his reason to be a villain being so associated with Iron Man, mm. um, especially given they did kind of the same thing with Vulture. It kind of feels like a bit of a retread. Yeah. Um, yeah. So once he kind of gets going as a villain, I, I find him to be a very enjoyable character. Mm. Um, I feel like that. that they, it, the, um, the one thing I am excited for for No Way Home is to see how they do that because... We've had two Spider-Man films in the MCU that really connect it with Tony Stark. I don't feel that they can do yeah. that as much with the next one. So it'll be well, interesting it. to see. It's kind of like... Because obviously I'd, they're already like established see... Spider-Man villains. Mm. I'd, yeah, I think the one thing I really wanted to see, and, and it's why, you know, regardless of how good or not No Way Home is, I was really kind of hoping to see someone like Craven the Hunter in a third film mm. and have it be someone that has a very, like, direct tie to Spider-Man. Whereas, like, in the last two films... Spider-Man is kind of come into contact with villains whose problems are with other characters, not so much with him. Mm. Um, mm. And I'd like to see someone who's like has a very personal vendetta against Holland and against mm. Spider-Man. And it's not Spider-Man kind of getting in the way of other people's feuds. And I, maybe that's not wholly fair, but at times it can feel like that a little bit to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it kind of goes to the Testament of Spider-Man movies. Like, this is my least favourite one. And it's still like a solid flick. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's not the kind of thing I want to see in a Spider Man film, but like it's I'm not gonna say it's like a terrible film. There's still a lot to enjoy and it's still no. it still feels like Spider Man. It's yeah. not like it's gone that far away that it's lost our sense of identity. It's just it's just not for me, I guess. That's a really good way of summing it up. There's that many of them. There's that many Spider Man movies I'm not lacking for something to watch with him in. Yeah. Yeah. And and I and I think sort of wrapping up the whole thing on the MCU Spider-Man films, the way I kind of view them and I absolutely adore them. But the way I kind of view them is Spider-Man is one of if not my all-time favorite comic book um hero. It's between him and Batman because both of them have like a, a fascinating aesthetic to them and they've got a fantastic um arsenal of villains that are all very memorable that you can sort of attach yeah. yourself to you know batman and spider-man alike and i've always loved that with spider-man and it's i'll always be happy to see the like spider-man interpreted on the big screen and i like the fact that you know if you want a spider-man that is very much its own universe and very rooted to the ground you've got five films that you can do that and i like the yeah. fact that the interpretations with the mcu films despite them and it does annoy me as well the so severe connections with the MCU, whether it be Captain America's little sports training video, whether it be the references to Thor or Iron Man, and you know all that sort of thing, I I, I appreciate that. Despite the fact that that annoys me, I appreciate the fact that we've got films that Spider Man is part of a bigger universe, just like in the comics. Whether it's you know exactly what you'd want out of it is up to each fan individually. But I think it's great to have that as an extra so it's not just oh here's spider-man in new york by himself again mm. i like the idea that it is this version in this sort of different landscape yeah with different characters around him and how that influences the character changes things um but yeah i think unless there's anything that wants to be said uh, about this these two films um i think we might move on to our second and first place right so i think we'll move on to our second 
pick, our second place. Um, Josh, what is your second place pick? Well, have we all have we all got the same two left? I think we have actually. I don't think these two have been mentioned, which is fair enough. Yeah, this is well, this is exciting then. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see if we so all have the exact same top two. Mm. Um, my second favourite Spider-Man film of all time mm-hmm. is Spider-Man Two. Okay. Owen, what is your second place pick? My second place pick is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Ooh. Ooh. God, this is like the X Factor. It's like Deadlock. Right, hang on. Um, <laughs> mine, my, my pick is Spider-Man 2. Oh. <laughs> No, so okay. one oh, thing I will this, say this is interesting. One thing I will say is I constantly go back and forth on which of these two movies I prefer. Yeah. It's kind of like a one A and one B scenario more than a one and two. Mm, like yeah. I think these are both like ten out of ten films. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um so I mean there's no there's no surprise in our first place, of course, but let's just do it anyway for theatre. Owen, what's your first place Spider Man film? What's your favourite Spider Man film of all time? Venom, let there be carnage. Good choice. Good, good. Now we go go home. Great. Cool. <laughs> Josh, what's yours? Mine is Captain America: Civil War. Good. That's good. That's good. Mine is the Japanese Spider-Man film from the nineties, eighties yeah. or something. Lovely. Have you ever seen? Lovely. Have you ever seen the Turkish bootleg Spider-Man film? I haven't. I have not. I've seen uh, bits. He, I have seen his bits. eyebrows stick oh, out of the mask, Lord. and he uh, kills a woman with a boat propeller. And then Captain America teams up with former Mexican professional wrestler El Santo to try and fight him. <laughs> also, Spider-Man runs the cartel. Oh, man. Right. It's, look for Just it. drop that in at it's, the end. Uh, Spider-Man good. runs a cartel. That's good. Yeah. Spider-Man runs a cartel. I think it's called... I think the, the English translation is like Three Kings. It's worth a watch. It's wild. <laughs> Three Kings. Right. Well, should we start with... Um, start that's with, just us. We'll start we are with, Three Kings. We are Three Kings. <laughs> How very festive as well. This is going out in December. We Three Kings. We Three Kings of Spider-Man are... Tag... Somehow. Tag yourself, I'm frankincense. <laughs> oh. I'm myrrh. Oh, I'm gold then. Can't let you know. There you go, you're gold. Yeah. That's, oh, that's not too bad. Anyway. You're gold. <laughs> Always believe in your soul. <laughs> You've got the power to know. You're Spider-Man 2 then. <laughs> you know, in a Spider-Man podcast now, review... Spider-Man 2, now this is a movie I can always believe in. In a, in a Spider-Man 2, or a Spider-Man podcast generally, I was never expecting various lyrics from Spando Ballet's gold to be read out just point blank this is, this is why you but bring me on these that's, things that's what happens I suppose um, this is so, what happens when yeah, I don't work I know this think... much is true to be fair so you know <laughs> wait <laughs> that's a different song is this swing it couldn't tell you um, Okay, let's start with the final live-action Spider-Man film on this list. Let's talk about Spider-Man 2. Because we've kind of covered the other Raimi ones. This, for me, is the perfect balance of... It's a little bit cheesy, but not as much. And it's mm. not too over-the-top. This is, to me, one of the just perfect films in terms of... It's a perfect superhero film, I'd say. Yeah. And this is probably one mm-hmm. of, if not the best superhero film of all time, I'd say. It, it is 
genuinely brilliant for what it for what it tries to do um, and what it achieves in in terms of its villain, its story, its personal connection. You've got the right balance, you know, like with the Mary Jane stuff. That's like right in the middle of the three film arc. It's got the right, it's got the right stuff in there. It's not too much. It's not over the top. It's not like dull to watch through. It's that right part of their relationship which they are trying to work out. Um, and you've got the uh, fantastic villain in Doc Ock, played by the wonderful Alfred Molina. And of course, it's Tobey Maguire at his best as Spider Man. I you can't fault this film. I don't think. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. I think I've I've spoken a lot about different balances across different things mm. and the way things balance out, and I just think this is so perfectly balanced in terms of how much Spider-Man action we see and how much Peter Parker stuff we see mm. and how much we focus on Doc Ock and how much we focus on Mary Jane and how much and and like you said, the cheesiness and the humour. And the serious moments, I just think everything is just so finely tuned. Mm. And on top of that, you just have so many just unbelievably good individual sequences like scattered around this film. Mm. But it's all tied together just so beautifully as well. Um, I just, I just love it. It's so, so much fun. Mm. I think it's one that I've underrated for a while. Mm. I think. I, it, it's probably one of the films I, I I sort of went through my edgy teen stage of thinking oh my god the Raimi trilogy is so bad oh it's just so oh Maguire's so bad the, the thing, I like Garfield um, but the thing for I, yeah I think the I thing for me the thing for me is I, I probably wouldn't if I'm rating it out of 10 I don't know if I'd give it like top marks as like a, a critically as a film compared to like every other film in existence which why if you look at my mm. letterbox it isn't five stars it's mm. it's slightly less because of that but as a superhero film as a spider-man film as as in any sort of those any of those contexts it is inc it's so good mm. and uh, oh and you've got this yeah. your top place so i'm i want to i want to hear what you have to say on this it's probably going to be sort of talking the same sort of stuff we're not going to have much discussion on this because i think we all agree it's brilliant yeah yeah pretty much Look, this. Th what can be said about this movie, let's be real here, that hasn't already been said? Mm. The power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Such a good line. Mm. Yeah. Such a good it's line. It's like... It, it's. I, I, it feels redundant even talking about this movie. Mm. It's amazing. It's, it's either the greatest comic book movie ever or the comic book movie that you wouldn't get the greatest comic book movies ever without. Yeah. It's, it's just... It manages... Everything from like... Yeah everything from like Tobey Maguire's performance which is incredible considering when they were like getting ready to shoot it it was touching go as to whether he was even going to be able to do the film because of his back like he was seriously injured before they shot the movie mm. and they literally had Jake Gyllenhaal on standby ready to replace him <laughs> which is wild um, <laughs> yeah. I love the, the Spider-Man No More segment of this movie the, the raindrops keep falling on my head montage is like yeah. peak cinema um, Alfred Molina is just maybe one of my favorite characters in any movie ever. Mm, His yeah. like it's such like a tragedy of what happens to him. This like the action scenes are great. Obviously, I love the like the very kind of Evil Dead esque horror sequence where the doctors, all the surgeons so are getting good. murdered. It's genuinely so one of the best scenes in any Spider-Man film. I've said that a lot in yeah. this, in this I, podcast, but it my has, god. 
I'd say it definitely has the best third act mm. like finale sequence of any comic book movie with him, MJ, and Otto in like the reactor area and Otto's kind of self-sacrifice. Mm. Um, it's just like the whole like I will not die a monster thing is, is so poignant. And not only like completes his arc in a beautiful way, but kind of reaffirms the journey Peter goes through in that movie. I think it's, it's just like... I th- the, yeah, I think it's very telling that he's the only person who's coming back in No Way Home who I'm worried about only because yeah he's a fantastic character brilliant actor can they justify continuing the story of what is already a perfectly wrapped up story arc as you said you know that yeah, i will not it. die a monster it's, like... it's very telling that that's the one i'm worried about willem dafoe is just a, a laugh he can come back he was stabbed in the balls whatever yeah right any of the other ones are sort of fine they can come back but with doc Ock, it's like what a gorgeously done villain that is is wrapped up almost mm. perfectly in the in its own film you, can you do that and justify bringing this exact incarnation of otto octavius back yeah can you it's, yeah. i don't know and we'll find out in about a week but i genuinely i i'm not convinced as of yet that they can and i'm, I'm interested to see how they do it and whatever it is i'm sure it'll be fun and not harm the original too much but it has to be said I'm. I am. That's the only one I'm worried about for good reason because this film is so spectacular in how it handles its villains and characters. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. If if Otto comes back and is just oh bad guy hates Spider Man, mm. that is going to really kind of hampen. Like yeah. my kind of hope is that he's the only one of them that kind of maybe starts as a villain but turns good. It seems that of, way, yeah. doesn't it? There's a few clips. Kind of fights with Spider-Man a, at the end of the movie. There's a couple of like minor clips that have been shown in like interview videos and stuff where he's saying to spider-man like what have you done with my machine which kind of implies yeah. that there's some connection there to the Maguire films where it's continuing about his yeah. only thing it was never to be a villain it was mm. never to rob banks and be you know uh, a goofball it was about this whole thing of you're building this machine proving he can do it you know he's still wanting to be a good guy deep down but yeah. it's, it's his morality that's confused throughout it and i think exactly and it's like yeah well i as well the other thing i love with with Alfred Molina's portrayal of Doc Ock is like, especially comparing it to other kind of mentorship characters Peter's had in other films. Mm. Like Doc Ock is such like a mirror image of what Peter could have grown up into. Yeah. yeah. Like Doc Ock is a good guy and he's the kind of person like when you, when like him and Peter are having dinner with his wife at the start of the movie, like that is the kind of person you could see Peter Parker growing into and yeah. wanting to be like mm-hmm. and seeing kind of his fall from grace shows that like <clears throat> no person is incorruptible. Yeah. Like no one is kind of infallible and altruistic. And even despite all the horrible things he does, he still kind of has that moment of redemption yeah, it's, and it's, remains a hero. But that's one thing it's that's so powerful. That, again, that perfect moment of it's like it's turning Peter into a villain without turning Peter into a villain like Spider-Man 3 does. Um, but I think more than that I think it shows Peter that but I think more than that it shows Peter that it's not kind of necessarily black and white it's not good guys and bad guys Mm. the the people he fights especially in the Raimi films are all very kind of morally complex characters Mm. it's like Sandman in Spider-Man 3 he's like someone that's like he says in the the film as well I'm not a bad person I've just had bad luck Mm. it's like Melina's kind of the perfect encapsulation of that and like in another life that could have been Peter too and I Mm. I just love that dynamic and kind of the the mirror image of those two characters yeah exactly and I think it's a, it's a it you bang on with that I'm because I, I know we we can't there's only so much you can say about this film without retreading familiar ground there's a hot take that I want to throw in there 
about Alfred Molina and his, his interpretation of, of, of Doc Ock and how that character was done in this. I prefer how the PS4 game did Doc Ock to how Doc Ock's done in this film. And I'm interested okay. to see what it's you have to think I, about. It's funny because I don't think those two portrayals are wildly different. Do you not? I think it's... I, I think, I, obviously, yeah. like... I think for me, I, the, I, yeah. The situations that make them who they are is are different... But I think in terms of like the characterization and the relationship with Peter, yeah. I think it's well, a very kind of similar That's approach. something that's always the, the the main crux of it. I think it's just an interesting one based off of, you know, I, like, I absolutely adore this film. I grew up with it. This is the film that I watched again and mm. again and again, absolute pure nostalgia. And it's not a criticism either way. I think it's just interesting. But I could never see, like, let's see this Doc Ock survived. Right? I could never see this Doc Ock being like a recurring villain for Spider-Man like he is in the comics. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that, and I think whereas the Spider-Man not, that the, the, version's not designed to be. No, that's all. That's and that's, that's and that's and it. that's very true because it works in the context of the film in sort of yeah. in terms of its thematics. Because you could say the same thing about Green Goblin. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, of course. I, but, These versions are designed to be kind of one and done. Yeah, and then to be brought back in an MCU film twenty years later. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I think it's it, it's it does work for it for itself. I just thought it was an interesting point because something I've realised what after playing that game is that like. Man, I fell in love with that interpretation, like, so much. And, yeah, the, oh, yeah. the, the student and teacher kind of relationship between the two is is the same sort of through both. But the one thing I really love about the, uh, the PS4 version is that he does feel like a villain that could come back, a recurring sort of character, hmm. that his motivations and, and are what still what drives him whilst it being kind of exaggerated. I don't know, it's, it's an interesting point, and I just think because cause I hear quite a lot that this is the, like, Obviously, I mean, I mean, for for no bad reason. Like this is probably the definitive version of Doc Ock we'll ever see on in live action, and rightfully so. He's incredible. Yeah. I just that's an interesting point to raise. Is how do you guys stand on that in terms of? I mean, if you're familiar with the game, that is. Um, I I um, I know bits. Mm. I haven't I haven't played it a lot. I'm not a massive video game person. That's fair. But what I know of it, I I I mean, from what, and what I've heard from people is that. The game gets a lot of stuff pretty spawn. Mm. Um yeah. and yeah, what I what I know of the game I think looks great. <coughs> but yeah, I just I haven't yep. really played much of it to be I, honest. So. I've played the game um multiple times. Mm. I'm I'm a huge fan of both of the uh, Insomniac Spider Man games. And yeah, I think that like if you were ever going to do another not Alfred Molina version of Doc Ock, like say we weren't having No Way Home mm. and the MCU were bringing their own Doc Ock that would probably be a good direction to go, maybe make him like his college professor or something. Yeah. And kind of have that yeah. mentorship that way. That's um, one thing. It's I, a similar yeah. enough, like there's enough inspiration and overlap with the Molina version was making him still a very relatable and sympathetic character, but he's a bit more villainous in the games where like in the Raimi movie, it's he's kind of corrupted by the arms. Yeah, um, yeah. In the In the game, like his he is personally corrupted by the circumstances he finds himself in. Yeah. So it's like, it's two different approaches to come to a similar conclusion. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think when I, you know, before, um, they do it before they sort of did Norway home and, and sort of have started advertising that for what it is. I was always in the, in the, under the impression where I was like, I would absolutely adore them in the future of the MCU to do a thing where after school, Peter does, you know, join a mentorship thing underneath Octavius and they do it like they did in the video game where it's a slow burning progress where Octavius has his own problems in life caused by particular people in power 
and when the arms start to corrupt his you know his morality that's what he takes it out on mm-hmm. it's inter- it's an interesting one but i think yeah I, I think we've kind of covered that there um is there anything else that we want to say about spider-man 2 before moving on to uh, into the spider yes i feel like there is um, one yeah, big thing on. that we need to mention um which is the heart and soul of the entire Raimi trilogy, which is J. Jonah Jameson. Oh my God! I can't How have we gone through this whole thing, and we have not mentioned J. J. Jonah Jameson? <coughs> we didn't even mention him in in Far From Home. Um, oh my God! The funniest character. Oh, incredible! In possibly any film. It's funny because ever. I actually think Jameson's the best in Spider-Man Three. I think he's hilarious. I think that's like yeah. that has the best Jameson one-liners so for funny. me. Um, yeah, I think the, the bit that always gets them, me is so, go on. The bit that always gets me in Spider-Man Three is where like emo Peters like flirting with Betty Brant, uh, and they're like like <laughs> kind of like hanging on the desk, and Jameson walks in. And he's like, Miss Brant, that's not the position I hired you for. Yeah. <laughs> like it's an incredible line. There's also this. Um, this I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to. Get it? Just remember, just because I, I need to mention my favourite joke in any Spider-Man film. I'm pretty sure it's Spider-Man Two, where he's running and he's shouting, "I'm back! I'm back!" And then he falls, and then he goes, "My back! My back!" Yeah. Um. Which yep. is that Spider-Man Two? Am I right in saying that Spider-Man yeah. Two? It is the funniest line. I just love that joke so much. Um. It, it, it had me in tears. Uh. But yeah, JJ the best character in Spider-Man and my god I'm so happy that he's back mm. because it, it's just, it's the one thing that I'm most excited for and the the, the genius of bringing him back as an Alex Jones parody yeah. with like his own podcast is so so funny yeah, it's perfect um, which is it's I, just a perfect one thing I will thing say it's do. kind of funny about that given that's the portrayal they give him in this PS4 game yeah, yeah. It's the same sort yeah, of thing yeah. yeah and he's fantastic in that uh, it's funny the the thing you said there about like the big heart and soul of Spider-Man that we're missing i thought you were going to say the sequence in Spider-Man 2 on the train mm-hmm. because oh, that yeah, that's that's unbelievable um, you talk but, about like you know, moments that like, encapsulate what Spider-Man's did. relationship with New York. Yeah, that is perfect. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but like you think of scenes that like encapsulate like how much New York informs Spider-Man's identity and how much Spider-Man informs the identity of New York. The scene after the train fight where like they're all carrying all the passengers are carrying his body through and they mm. give him the mask back, and everyone like swears secrecy. And just the bit where like where Doc Ock shows up on the train, it's like you've got to go through all of us, and then Doc Ock just immediately just like pushes all these people out of the way. Like it really shows that like Spider-Man's a man of the people, and like the people yeah. love Spider-Man and will stick up for him. Like New York feels like a character in these movies, and I can't stress enough like how much that's important. I love that. Yeah, it's very it's a very important thing for Spider-Man, and I'll totally agree that it's one thing the MCU is tragically missing is that connection, that deep-seated root to New York culture and New York people. Um, that these films get so I don't so much blame. Yeah, with that, I don't so much blame like the Spider-Man movies for that. I I kind of that's one of my gripes with the MCU in general. Yeah, I don't focus, especially in, like the more recent films, like some of the early ones, like the first Avengers movie does that a lot. They don't focus a lot on kind of the normal everyman. Like they do it a bit in Endgame, and obviously they do it in the first Avengers movie. But I would like a bit more of like an on the ground human perspective. Yeah, I think that's why I like yeah. Shang Chi so much. Like there's a good amount of that in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a really good point. Um, 
Is there anything else we want to sort of wrap up saying Spider-Man 2 before we sort of move on to Into the Spider-Verse? It's, it's really bloody good. Yeah. It is excellent. It's probably the greatest sequel of all time. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest. It's up there. Definitely. Yeah. It's like, it's up there with like the Dark Knight and Empire Strikes Back for like the yeah, greatest sequel. Yeah. I love, I love it. I love that topic of sequels that are better than the originals. And this definitely falls into yeah. Toy Story 2 category. As well mm. for me. Mm. Like, yeah, definitely. Just, just great, great sequels. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I can't believe, I can't believe I have to drive all the way to work on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> All the way to work. My favourite gag in any movie ever. Um, on the note of animated films, let's talk about Into the Spider-Verse. Do you like that? Do you yes. see what I did there? Yeah. Love um, Into the Spider-Verse. This isn't your first podcast, really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no. With Into the Spider-Verse, I think it's... it's Obviously, there's, we've, we've praised Spider-Man 2 to, to the nth degree. And I've not said much bad about it. I've said it's probably... what I, And I... We'll go on record again and say that Spider-Man 2 is probably one of, if not the best, superhero film. It's not that I'm not regarding Into the Spider-Verse as a superhero film, but Into the Spider-Verse does something that I'm not expecting from a superhero film or a Spider-Man film, but it perfectly, and I stress, perfectly encapsulates what Spider-Man is. And I talked about it earlier on in this podcast, yeah. but the idea that anyone can be behind the mask is exemplified no better than in this film. They used various versions of Peter Parker. They have Gwen Stacy. They have Miles Morales. They have a pig. Like, they, they you know, they have multiple parts of this where, where it really encapsulates that. And that's the big sort of crux of this film for me is that not only is it a gorgeously animated, fantastic-looking film, but it is also... It's also like a phenomenal way of going, right, here's Spider-Man, here's what it is. Whilst having that sort of tongue-in-cheek tribute aspect to other Spider-Man films in the same sort of way that like the Lego movie or Lego Batman did. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I have like a real love for this movie. I vividly remember the first time I saw it in the cinema and just... I've had few greater experiences watching a movie for the first time than this. Mm. Mostly because like my anticipation for Spider-Verse wasn't particularly high yeah, because same. it was brought to you by the great people who yeah, made the emoji exactly movie. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um and like just like my expectations versus my reality were just on completely different planes of existence. The animation style is so unique. I've never seen an animated film bring the style of a comic book to life quite like Spider-Verse. Like it feels like a comic book in motion. Mm. Um, mm. It's beautiful, and as someone that like has a deep affinity for the Miles Morales character, was reading the Spider-Man, the Ultimate Spider-Man comics when Peter was killed off, and they brought Miles in. Mm. You know, as someone that's kind of gone on that journey with Miles over the last like ten years of him existing as a character, seeing like him be brought to the big screen in such like a loving tribute way to not only like his character, but to, like the idea and the concept of what Spider-Man represents exactly. so perfectly, not just through mm. Miles but through all of them. It's it's a damn masterpiece. It's, it's an incredible. It's, it might it's incredible. It might be one of, if not the greatest animated movie I've ever seen. Oh, definitely. It's just oh, ah, it's perfect. Oh, the movie's that good. It made me like. The movie's that good. It makes me like a post Malone song. Mm. <laughs> what more needs to be said? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, I'm on with you guys. Like this. Oh, like in, in terms of like remembering the first time I watched it, I remember I'd had a very stressful day. I'd done all my Christmas shopping, and I had a couple of hours to kill. I was like, I'm going to go to the cinema, and I've, I'd never been to the cinema on my own before. 
and then I was just I was oh, wow. sat exhausted, surrounded by my Christmas shopping, with a bunch of kids in a cinema, and I was like, um, the kids were separate from me. I didn't just collect children <laughs> on my way around the city. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, was that the Christmas? Was that what you were getting people for Christmas? Um, yeah. It's part of the Christmas shopping. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and I just sat down and I was like, I have absolutely zero expectations for this film. And then I witnessed one of my favourite films of all time. And it, it, it's mm. just... Because like, all of the points that you made there, I mean, like in terms of the animation, and you said like how it brings comic books to life, there's, there would have been such an obvious way and quite a static and dull way to bring a comic book to life, which is just flicking through panels and do dot art style for everything yeah. and just you you like how you would expect people to bring a comic book film to life in animation but they even they even mess with that and it's just yeah. it's such it's such a kinetically looking movie mm. yeah whilst I've, also having the yeah. feel of a very still image it's it's, it's great. gorgeous yeah it it pays homage to animation to film and to comic books at the same time but whilst paying homage, it is unlike anything I've ever seen before in my life. Yeah, genuinely. Which is it's I, insane. What? And... Go, go on, Josh. Go on. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, I just I, made a noise, I think. I, um, I For me, <laughs> for me, um, it's one of those ones where I, I... The one thing I hate more is when animated films are made and they feel like they could have just been done in live action. This is one of the first, um, mm. I mean, there's plenty of examples, but this is one of the ma- best examples where I'm like, this could not have been done any other way. You could have told the same story yeah. in live action, it wouldn't have been as good. It really wouldn't have been. No. Even though it's got no, a fantastic no, no, no. story and some fantastic um, thematic stuff in there with what it means to be Spider-Man. I love that the style of this film is exactly what makes it. The the comic booky aspects of it, the music as well. The music is phenomenal, and the sound effects and all the little yeah. inside jokes and references, it all culminates in that sort of thing. But even the minor stuff, like the way that Miles is animated at a lower frame rate at the beginning of the film to what he is when he becomes Spider Man, and then he becomes more fluid. Genius, because it's, it's the minor details like that that really stick with you, and it's like. You can watch this film with someone... I mean, I have watched this film with someone who doesn't even like Spider-Man as a character, believe it or not. And they adored it because of the filmmaking point of view, the way they use frame rate, the way they use colour and music and style and imagery. It's totally unique and manages to just, you know, it may not be my, like... You know, it may, it may not be my favourite superhero film in terms of, like, traditional, you know, what superhero films can and can be... But this is probably one of the best films, full stop, I think I've ever seen. Because, of it, you know, I, I love a film that's unique stylistically and I love a film that's different and out there. And Into the Spider-Verse has such, so much going for it. Every single scene, whether it's a tongue-in-cheek daft-like reference or whether it's something serious with heart, the whole film has it all. Every single scene, you cannot look away. All the memes about the size of the kingpin don't matter to me because it is it is <laughs> it works within the context of the film. It doesn't matter whether something's realistic or not realistic. I can't believe they managed to get like an anime robot Spider-Man, Spider-Ham, a noir Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen, a normal Peter Parker and Miles Morales in the same film and it feel thematically consistent with one another yeah it's incredible it's incredible it doesn't feel overstuffed i think one of one of like we're all 
because this is interesting because we're now going into the fact that we're basically going to get a, a film that tries a very similar thing mm. but in live action next week mm. with Spider-Man with, with No Way Home. Um, so it's just, it's interesting, like, obviously I think a lot of people's main concerns with No Way Home is you've got like five or six probably probably six let's be honest i think mm. we're, we're i think most people are going to expect there to be another villain in there to make it probably a sinister six movie mm. um you've got six villains and not confirmed but we imagine you might at some point have three spider-men mm. um in that film really really yeah so it's going to be the japanese one (laughs) um yeah and and then that that turkish guy as well um oh brilliant that's everything i've ever wanted (laughs) yeah um yeah the eyebrows out of the suit as well and everything um i just and every i think everyone's concern is that it's going to be a bit overstuffed and it's insane Mm. that you have so many different versions of the same character that are all completely different and I adore every single one of them within seconds of them appearing on screen. Mm-hmm. And I adore every supporting character. I adore every villain. I just, I, I can, within the first <coughs> two or three lines of every single character in this film, mm-hmm. I, I'm just connected with them because the performances are so good. It's one thing yeah. that I think gets underrated in this film as well is the, the voice acting performances. Mm. Um, the models of of the characters are just brilliant and yeah oh, I, I could just talk about this film for hours yeah i just i love <coughs> every single bit of it and we can't really talk about it for hours we haven't got that much time to no, talk about can't. this film but no. I, I i i could as well and like it's it shows a lot towards the film itself that like despite what i've talked about about like villains looking like accurate to their comic book selves and having like decent costumes and stuff this film just disregards that entirely scorpion looks yeah. very strange like green goblin's like a giant demon dragon thing like doctor octopus is not the traditional doctor octopus that we'd expect yet all of the interpretations specifically doc Ock, where i point out is phenomenal um, that twist of, I love what they do with Doc yeah, Ock in this honestly it blew so me away cool. I, I never thought I'd see something that I was like that impressed with in terms of Doc Ock other than Alfred Molina at that point um, and the cool thing is with it as well because like obviously like Green Goblin's a very different iteration mm. but that's heavily rooted in like the Ultimate comics where the Green Goblin is more of like a Hulk figure mm, mm. I have never really seen a version of Doc Ock like, like, like that before yeah like, I think there have been a female version in the comics in the past, but not actually Otto Octavius. Mm. Yeah. And just, like, normally, like, ch- taking a pre-existing character and swapping the gender is done in a way in this movie where it's just so natural. So, and it works so, so natural. Well. And it works incredibly. Like, it's, it, that's such a cool version of, of that character yeah. that I'd love to see more of. Yeah, and even, like, the tentacles being different and stuff, it's like it fits with the theme mm. of the film and the style of it. Um, but, yeah, no, I think this film is as perfect of a superhero or Spider-Man film you can possibly get. And it's a great sort of note to sort of um, end this podcast mm-hmm. on. Is there any more burning points you want to talk about this film before we sort of uh, wrap this up? I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into it because I will be here. <laughs> um, it is, it, it is a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Film. And it, yeah, this I, absolutely the only, the only thing I want to mention that we've not touched on is the leap of faith scene. Oh my uh, god! Chef's kiss, beautiful, love it. Yes, yeah. uh, I love. Mm. I love like I, I'm a big fan of his uncle as a character anyway, just yeah. from from the comics and from the games and stuff. 
but the way he is like an inverse of Peter's uncle Ben to me is fascinating as of mm. like losing an uncle that kind of inspires him to be a hero, but that uncle also being a villain mm. is yeah, such like a great flip on that kind of archetype yeah. and it's done in such a great way. I love the scenes with him and his uncle at the start of the movie where they're just like hanging out and graffitiing together. Mm-hmm. Like they have such a strong relationship, which makes one finding out he's the prowler and two seeing him die. It's just so emotionally resonant. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. And I, I, I just find it, I was coming, this was a, such a weird experience because I, I knew nothing about Mars Morales going into this. I did not know who yeah. the character was. I had no context or everything that I know of Marvel <coughs> comes from this film. Uh, same here, yeah. And mm. yeah, and, and I, and I, I just even like having read the comics. Yeah, You'd, like even yeah, having I, read like he's, he's quite a new character, really, isn't he? Like I, yeah. you said about ten years or, or something, relatively compared to some of the other characters that we've been discussing who've been around for decades. And that's and that's ten years, not even in, like ten years starting in a different universe. It's only kind of in the last five that he's actually been in like the main Marvel books. Yeah, but like even having read the comics and, and being pretty familiar with that version of Miles, I'd still say Spider Verse is like the best and the most definitive portrayal. Like even the the uh, the video game is very much based off the way he's presented in Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Like that seems to be just who Miles is, and it's yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful character and it's a beautiful movie. Yeah, I, I, I love it I, a lot. I think and I yeah, care. it's only my number two. Yeah, I think I care about Spider movies are great. Miles more than more than any of the live action Peter Parker's mm. and I just wow. I just have a now I think I, I grew up with Maguire and I obviously he he is my Spider-Man in a way I think Tom Holland is one of my favourites he, he's my Spider-Man I've got a new love for Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man but I think for me my just personal favourite Spider-Man is now Miles Morales yeah. in Spider Verse, and I'm so so excited. I I wish I had. I love. Um, I'm I'm excited for No Way Home, but nowhere near as excited as I am for the the, the Spider Verse sequels. Yeah, I think as well. The one thing that Spider Verse did really well, which I think is maybe not thought about as much, but for me as a lifelong Spider-Man fan, like he's the first superhero that I, I, I watched, I got into as a kid, you know, I had like the, the picker-upper Doc Ock arm things, you know, mm. I was such a huge fan of this character and always have been and every interpretation, whether it be in the MCU or whether it be uh, elsewhere, has always been like, yeah, I know this, I'm familiar with this. What Spider-Verse did is it gave me it almost reintroduced me to Spider-Man. It's like you know Spider-Man, but you don't know this Spider-Man. So here you go. Like this is this is yeah. this is what it, it, it also could be. And to sit there as a Spider-Man fan and be given new Spider-Man that isn't the same as anything else I've seen before, and it's almost reintroducing that to me was yeah. absolutely fascinating and such a, a gorgeous experience. I really wasn't that excited for this film. I didn't know much about it. One of my mates knew who Spider-Gwen was and that's about all the connection I had with it. I wasn't really even sure yeah. on Miles Morales. But when I sat down in the theatre and in the opening few minutes, seconds, I don't even know, I knew I was going to love it. Just the, everything yeah. about it. Um, yeah, it's perfect. But yeah, I think we've kind of... God damn it. I think... Um... Now I want to watch Spider-Verse again. <laughs> oh, I watch it like every year at least. It's It's... A constant for me. Um, I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but I think we've kind of wrapped up our thoughts on that. So 
Um, before we do sign off on this very long, extended uh, panel review podcast, um, I think it might be our longest ever episode, which is quite impressive. Um, this is what happens when you it. invite me on. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll ask you guys um, if you have any sort of um, links to stuff that you would like to share. A little uh, shout out about it now. It's your time to just sort of just say whatever you want, promote your stuff. Go, go, go. Owen, you go first. Uh, well, yeah, thanks, George, for having me on. Josh, it was a pleasure to chat with you for the first time. Yeah, uh, we great don't know each other at all. It's not like we've known each other for 12 years. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you're counting. Uh, yeah, if you enjoyed listening to me ramble about Spider-Man, uh, you should head on over to youtube.com slash owenlikescomics. The day we're recording this, I've actually just dropped a Spider-Man video about one of my favourite Spider-Man stories, uh, Craven's Last Hunt. If you've not read it, watch my video and then go read it because it's great. Uh, yeah, youtube.com slash Owen Likes Comics, video essays about comic books and comic history and fun stuff. And follow me on Twitter at Owen Likes Comics. Yeah, it, it's a fun time. Yeah, um, I have absolutely nothing Spider-Man related to promote. This is the first time I've done anything remotely non-Doctor Who related. Uh, I do a Doctor Who podcast called Who Knew, a Doctor Who podcast where I interview people in and around the lovely world of Doctor Who. George has been on many, many times. Many, many times. Too many um, to count. Owen... <laughs> Owen would not touch it with a barge pole. Uh, and you can find that on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And also I'm on Twitter at Who Knew Podcast or at Josh Ryan Carr. Good stuff. Um, and obviously, if you want to follow the Spill Your Beans content as well, we're at Spill Your Beans on Twitter and at Spill Your Beans Pod on Instagram, at GB Sheard for my personal account, both on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll occasionally be posting stuff on TikTok as well, which is all linked in my sort of socials. Um, thanks so much for coming on guys really really appreciate it it's been a great episode um and for those listening uh this is i believe the final episode of our second season for this podcast so there will be a little bit of a break before we come back but i'm expecting to return in the new year with some new and exciting stuff um so yeah stay tuned and i'll see you all later have a lovely day see you all later guys bye, -bye. bye. thank you for having me bye bye <laughs>